2023 is done and in the books, like every year before it. But what were our favourite movies of the year? I'm Mike. And I'm Derek. And this is Popscorn. Welcome to Popscorn, the Fans Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today... It's everyone's favourite episode. It's certainly mine. It's my favourite episode of the year. It's the best movies of the year 2023. What a year, I think, mm. is, is the thing to say. Is that, like, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, very polarising um, opinions I have on my bottom 10 and top 10. Right. Um, a lot of surprises as well, I think. A lot of movies yeah. that, that came out and going, I did not expect that to be this good. But then also some movies where it's like, I had high expectations and the expectations were exceeded. We got a lot to get through. That we have. I'll level you. It's not been my busiest year. No, same. It, it may actually be my quietest year just in terms of volume. Because mm. there was a gap of about four or five months between Barbie and whatever else it was where I didn't go to the cinema. Same. Like, we're just, just a complete drought in the middle of the year. And everything looks like... There is, there is one month of the year I'm going to have to talk about um, where there's like six movies all in March, I think it yeah. was, and then nothing. nothing. <laughs> so I, I had a very similar situation. Like you say, did Barbie, did Oppenheimer. Yes. And then uh, August, September, October, November, up to the Marvels, didn't actually visit the cinema no. again. I've got movies for those months, but yes. I played catch-up hard oh, yeah. <laughs> over this last week. But as is tradition... It is tradition. To start us off, um, we have compiled a big list of every movie me and Mike did not get round to seeing yes. in the year 2023, all of which will be accompanied by the little Spanish flea. Are you ready, Michael? I am so ready. The subtle art of not giving a fuck, Megan. House party, plane, shotgun wedding, 80 for Brady, you people, Magic Mike's last dance, Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey, cocaine bear, scream six... Paint, the Pope's exorcist, Bo is afraid. Evil Dead Rise, Sisu, what's love got to do with it, Fast X. The Machine, the Boogeyman, Transformers Rise of the Beast, Extraction 2, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, Insidious the Red Door, Joyride, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Meg 2, The Trench, Strays, The Equalizer 3, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, The Nun 2, Expendables 4, Spy Kids Armageddon, The Creator, Dumb Money, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, Saw X, The Exorcist, Believer, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, Killers of the Flower Moon, Onyx, The Fortuitous and The Talisman of Souls, Pain Hustlers, Hunk, The Hunger Games, The Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes, Next Girl Wings, Thanksgiving, Trolls, Trolls Band Together, Wish, Good Burger 2, Godzilla Minus One, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, Maestro, Wonka, The Boy and the Heron and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. She has a written wonky and not wonky. <laughs> wonky. <laughs> Turned into a bit of a football score in the middle there. It did, it did <laughs> My a big factory wedding to the red door. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. None. Two. Um, What's your biggest regret on that list this there's year? There's two. There's mm. two I'm annoyed about, uh, which is The Creator, which is coming to Disney Plus next. January 14th. Yes. Every intention of watching it in New York, but unfortunately it came out the same week that Taylor Swift, the Eras tour came out. So there was not a screen. And there was not a screen for it. <laughs> uh, and Godzilla Minus One. Yeah. Which I didn't think an entirely Japanese film that is dubbed with subtitles um, would have made it into this list. But it's like the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes of the year. Yes. 
and I'm very annoyed. I had I had opportunities last week, but unfortunately, a cookie delivery was coming at the exact in the uh. exact time frame of the movie that I wanted to go watch at Dudley. So, haven't seen that. Mm. Very annoyed about that. I mean, there's still a chance it's out this week. Yeah. If I find some time, I might get round to it. But yeah, those are the only two I'm actively annoyed about. I might still see Wonka by the end of the year as well. Uh, that's 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 seeming likely actually. But yeah. uh, how about yourself? Oh, Cocaine Bear as well. That was <laughs> if I hadn't have fell asleep on the plane, that was going to be the next one I was going to. <laughs> you didn't watch, have so. to skip through the ending of Shazam Fury. Of no, the Gods. I didn't have to just power through that. No, I could have watched <laughs> Cocaine Bear instead, and I probably made a bad decision there. Uh, yeah, I'm also very annoyed I didn't get round to the creator. It's mainly because I, I know the creator is going to get a VFX nomination, but it's also going to be in the same category as like Oppenheimer and a couple mm-hmm. of other like big films this year. Yes. So it's probably not going to win. So I prioritized watching something that is going to get nominated for Best Picture yes. over the last couple of days and really wished I hadn't. And Godzilla Minus One, I'd planned to go and see it and I still haven't done it yet, which is strange because it very much fills that gap of like, that that was made for me. And when you get a consensus mm. over like YouTube reviewers like Jeremy Johns and then Mark Commode and they mm. all go, It's fucking excellent. Yes. I'm like, Oh, so it's gonna be transcendent, excellent. But didn't get around to it. Really annoyed. No, I'm also mistaken on like I must say on all Godzilla media this year because I still haven't watched the uh the Monarch series on Apple TV. I watched the first two episodes. I like it. Right. It's it's all right. Like the, there's more of it than you expect. They got John Goodman back for a fucking scene. Okay, that was that was good. It's Kurt and yeah, Wyatt Russell. Yeah, isn't it? Wyatt Russell plays a younger version of Kurt Russell's character in the future. It's it's actually quite good. When they do they they go they do a bit on Skull Island. Oh, okay, and like everything else associated to Skull Island, bar the shitty video game that yes. came out this year, it's great. Right, and then there's like. You're other monsterverse problems. Right. I do intend to watch it, but I'm waiting for all of it to be out and then cash in at like a month. I would. Free Apple TV Plus. It's not worth paying for, is it? No. Um, Cool. Right. As a tradition, it is. We will go through the film, through the year even, in chronological order. Um, Anything we have a full review on or anything that's going to feature in either our worst or best of list, we will skip over for the time being. Mm -hmm. This is basically to get all the also rans in just to show you how smart and cultured we are and how many films we've seen. Although, again, not the year for that. <laughs> There's so many things we've bracketed afterwards that just say either full review, best or worst. So, including all six movies in March, but we'll get to that in a second. We're going to start with January. I've got two for January. I have six. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Oh, this is in the middle of your... This would have been peak Oscar season. Right. Uh, okay. I'm just I'm looking over the list. There's three Oscar movies there. So, realistically, I only really saw three. Right. But, you know. I'm going to have to do a big zip noise now. There it was. I hope you enjoyed that to get my phone out. That was, that was, that was some ASMR uh, shit. Yeah, that's what you want, to do some timings. By the way, we were very sweary boys on last year's podcast. We were. I don't know what happened. We were in bad days, but every other word in my mouth was fuck. So I'm going to try my level best to be less sweary because it was grating on me. I can only imagine it was grating on other people. Anyway, would you like... So 30 seconds each. If it's a films. movie we've both seen. Ah, so mine are Missing mm-hmm. and A Man Called Otto. Um, so we will start with 30 seconds each on A Man Called Otto. Lovely. Uh, I'll go first. Okie dokie. Here we go. Right. Um, it's a strange movie involving the main character played by Tom Hanks failing to kill himself several times over. 
it gets everything. I feel like it's a, a sweet movie eventually, but I don't know. It it it's totally a bit weird, and that it's throwing both heady. I want to kill myself because my wife's dead versus funny Hispanic family, and it doesn't really know what it wants to be. I think ultimately, woof. Good start. Go, Michael. Yeah, I, I do agree that the, the tone is a bit chunky, but ultimately I think it's nice to see Tom Hanks play something outside of America's grandpa. Mm. So I appreciated that he was a little bit more of a... He had rougher edges, a little bit of an arsehole. Um, but I, I think that it's the emotional gut punch of the ending, which we won't discuss, mm-hmm. that, that leads up to what I think makes for a mostly satisfying package if a bit of a strange journey to get there. Beautiful. I will also have 30 seconds, if that's okay, on Missing. Go ahead. So this is the sequel to Searching, the um, the let's all shoot this through the webcam um, thing. I don't think it's as good as the first one, because obviously it doesn't have the... It isn't as unique as the first one was. Mm. But it was still pretty serviceable. The mystery is pretty good. It does have quite a few nice twists coming through. Uh, it's a nice lead performance by uh, the girl. I can't remember her name. I watched this on the plane. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed searching, it's more of the same, if not necessarily taking a step forward. Fair enough. Would you be able to watch over the clock for me whilst I review uh, one, two, four of the movies? Yes. Ready? Go. Babylon is a lot better than people give it credit for. I understand it's long. I understand it's overstuffed. I understand that there is a scene where an elephant craps directly into the camera. But it's the sheer excess and scale of the party scenes that make it worth watching. I will admit the ending is incredibly overindulgent. And I think the people who celebrated Damien Chazelle, it appears to have gone to his head. But ultimately, I think people give it far too much, uh, much, much chip. I think it's a great film. We're moving on to Tar. I didn't vibe with this, and everybody else who watches the Oscars did. Tar is like it's it's a very mercurial movie. It is about an hour too long. The problem being is that it's it's all centered on Kate Blanchett's performance, which is undeniably fantastic. But the the downfall is hard to take joy in because the person is so shitty. And the ending itself actually doesn't really give you the comeuppance you're expecting. Um, Moving on to The Fablemans. This is a weird one. This is bizarre, because I don't know that this was anywhere near what I expected from the Spielberg live story. I I feel conflicted, because I think there are some beautiful shots. Mm. I think everybody went wild for the... A projected movie in the hand shot. Oh, it's the meaning of cinema. Yeah, sure, fair enough. And I still respect Spielberg. There's still some fantastically shot sequences. I really enjoyed the background of that, but ultimately, it is two and a half hours on. My mother was a whore, and I don't know whether I enjoy that. We're moving on to Empire of Light. Oh my Christ. This was terrible. This was so bad. Not only am I kind of burnt out on Olivia Coleman as it stands already, but this was just fucking weird. Sam Mendes apparently made this movie because he wanted to celebrate cinema and celebrate his mother's life. And if Olivia Coleman is the standing for the mother in this movie, he must hate his mother. This appears to be a trend in January this yep. year. Do not waste your goddamn time. It's awful. All the beauty and the bloodshed similarly... Not great. Although I I do resonate with it more, it is yet another piece of media that is focused on aren't the Sacklers awful? And yes, they are. Mm. They are pieces of shit. This focuses on uh, Nan Golden, who is a an artist and a protester, and kind of like her evolution through her life to then dedicate her time to 
protesting the wealth and abundance of the Sacklers and also all the horrible, heinous shit they did. It's one of those where I respect the person quite a lot, but the movie itself is dry and turgid and bad. And I think that's January done. Beautiful. Uh, my February is a lot more succinct because I only watch Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And we I have a full don't think you did. That. I think you watched Puss in Boots The Last Wish. That wasn't... Was that Feb? That was like Feb 2nd or something like that. It Does was that really count? Because it was... Oh, damn it. Because that... No, 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 no. That was out at Christmas. I am convinced. Yeah. I'm convinced. That I got was... it down for Feb. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going to have to double check this. In boots. Contentious. The last... I'm sh- I am convinced that was tail end of last year. That... Last week. Let's get launching films up. Uh, hold up, hold up. Everyone calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this as... Uh, no, it came out in the December twenty first in America. Oh, does this count? Oh, is this a bloody? Um, is this? A this, this is one of those ones. Coco ones. It is a Coco one. So Friday the third of February. I was a day out. That's when uh, launching film has it. Oh no, that changes things for the top. Oh, oh does it? Beans, oh, oh beans, gosh, beans, beans. <laughs> oh no. You know what? It's too late. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to change anything now. Mm-hmm. That would probably drop out. And then, oh, it's better, it's better than that. It's better than that. Oh, the, the, the tension I've created in the room now. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. I'm sorry they cloned Tyrone. You're going to have to make way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That means I've got to go rewrite my flipping thing now. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We should probably say en- any changes before the end of the year will be on the full written versions of our lists. So... <sighs> We might be changing it again to include Godzilla. You never know. Son of a fudge. Okay, <laughs> hang on. Bear with me. The sheer do. panic in your face. <laughs> just, well, it's better than that. It's, be- oh. well, it's better than that. Well, it's better than that. Oh, no. Um, oh, beans. Wow, February um, causing some real problems. Okay, so oh, I'm going to have to talk about Pussing Boots later. Yes. Ant-Man and the Quantum Mania. We've got a full review. Full review. Didn't make either the worst or the best list. Just, it's, it's there. It is there very there mm. uh, I, we, I think we liked it more than the the majority the critics consensus is worse than what we thought yeah I'd say so. uh, marginally like we mm. weren't high on it necessarily but I don't think we thought it was like the worst thing I mean you've now got to look at it with the with the context of what's happened last week that's the unfortunate yeah there's thing. also that problem yeah um, um, we haven't covered it so whilst you're making adjustments I'll just quickly talk about it uh, Jonathan Majors was convicted of assault on his partner yep. um, and was within five minutes of the verdict completely dropped by Marvel Studios oh yeah yeah but they didn't do that officially did they there wasn't like a oh they did release. oh there was oh they oh, were I like they yeeted that guy publicly like I, oh okay I, I knew he'd gone but it was all the school but um uh, accounts. I didn't actually see them say. Oh, I. Um, I That's don't. What I'm I don't know if they themselves came out and said. Didn't they go by a deadline? I think potentially. Yeah, yeah, that might have been it. I don't think but, they did like a because like when they push all the dates, they do like a post on the website. But I think this yeah. was via deadline. Um, yeah. So Kang's done. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> that's completely done. The mad scramble of well, what the hell do we do now? Yep. Um, I've heard everything from the Beyonder. Yep. Um, to Doom. Doom. To I've heard reform pe- the original Avengers. Yeah, uh, just absolute panic stations at the moment. So that's fine. 
Oh, it might even be better than those two, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> you're having a real problem. Shall I do some February films whilst you're thinking By about it? By all means, do some February films. Because I'm guessing there's like five in here that you haven't done, because I've got seven for February. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yes. Okay, um, I'm going to... How gonna... much time do you need? I- I'll watch it myself. You do the edits okay, you need. Okay, you go. <laughs> Don't you worry, babes. It's all good. Right, okay. We will start with The Whale, which is a very good film if very feeling very stagey in a good way it is a very limited um worldview you get which is entirely the point because that character is confined to their um house it is Bren- brennan fraser who plays uh, the lead character in that who did win the oscar and i must say it is very well deserved it's a very emotive performance it is very challenging to watch in the sense that you you understand the plight of this person. You you want them to get better. You understand that they are not going to get better. The ending is a bit strange. It does feel a bit Aronofsky, but ultimately, I did enjoy it. This was on the list for a good long while, the top 10. It did drop out that list as the year went on, but ultimately, I have very fond memories of watching it because I do think it's a genuinely made movie that does hit its emotional notes very well. We're moving on to Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. You're going to be hearing more about this later, so I'll only do 30 seconds. I absolutely adored it. It is every times funny and weird and janky and heartfelt and 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 like side rippingly hysterical and creative. I don't know how many many people were able to sleep on this. And if this hadn't come out in the same year as Pinocchio, this would have won Best Animated Movie. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely adore this film. We're moving on to Tell It Like a Woman. We'll hear more about this later on. Oh, it's a piece of shit. Oh, my God. Um, It's it's seven seven or eight shorter films. It's a compilation. Right. Um, And it had, like, big names attached to it, like Cara Delevingne. Oh my god, it's bad. It is so awful. I feel sorry for every person that has been represented in this because there's a number of true stories um, right. in this. I feel so bad for all of them. This is It's not even like YouTube sketch bad. Oh. It's so much worse. I'm going to stop there because we're going to hear more about it later on, but it's fucking terrible. I had the best and worst time watching it. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to EO. It's a Polish movie, so you can understand the tone. It's depressing as fuck. Yeah. Um, it it centers around this kind of donkey and the people that it uh, comes into the ownership of, and you know, there's there's a lot of uh, contrasts in the movie. So you'll have like a really happy scene where the donkeys uh, come into the ownership of a petting zoo and the the joy that it brings to children, mm-hmm. but then it's contrasted by coming into the ownership of like a really bad like uh, like circus and it being abused and those. It's it's a very well shot film. Right. I can't say that I enjoyed it because it was so up and down, but the artistic merit is there. It's very similar to if you if you like the Corpus Christi movie, which was Poland's last um, Oscars entry, mm. you'll probably enjoy this because it's very similarly like peaks and troughs, right? Okay. Or, almost on the flip of a fucking coin, but it's fine. I I don't like watching animals get hurt, so this wasn't really for me. Uh-huh. Women talking. Now, it's very good, and it was the most Ron Seal movie of the year. Yes. Um, I, I think there's some really devastating dialogue in there. There's a, a real uh, kind of... I, I see it as kind of like an analysis of both the evils of man and the evils of religion um, and who that affects the most, which is, you know, the the wives, the daughters. Mm-hmm. It 
it's hard not to look at it and think, hmm, should this have been a play? It's it's very similar to the whale in that respect. Um, And I think it actually would work on stage very well. I Mm -hmm. think it it leads, it lends into having a lot of strong female performances as there are in this movie. Jessie Buckley in particular in this film proving time and time again that even though she evades nominations at the Oscars, yes. she's a great actress. She's wonderful in this. Right. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I respect this one a lot. I can see why it won, won original screenplay, or is it adapted? It's one of the two. Um, it's not the most easy watch, but I would recommend it to anybody if they're up for a very well-written movie. Mm-hmm. And that is where we stop. Lovely. Okay. Now... Uh, we roll into March. <laughs> we're going round to we're coming back round to Buzzing Boots. That's I've fine. seen six movies in March. I've seen four, all of which I have to talk about later. Uh, yes. So they are. We've got four reviews for two of them. That being John Wick Chapter Four and Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves. Mm. Both of which we'll hear about later. So yeah, everything. Oh, that I... was March. I thought that was April. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I've got that's that. Fine. I've got that as March. That's fine. Um, it's one of the two. Just realised I don't have a movie that's either not on the best or worst list until June. Wow! So um, wow, we'll hear about all of mine later. Any also runs in March? I have. Uh, I'm guessing that means you can't talk about 65 for a bit. No, I cannot. Okay, well, I'm gonna have. Wait, my... have you seen it? I've seen it. Oh my god! I've seen it. Yep, yeah, I've seen it. How long do you need? Uh, give me 30 seconds. Okay, go for it. I'm guessing this is on your worst list of the year. You'll find out. I will find out. You know what? I don't even think it's that bad. Right. I kind of liked it a little bit. Okay. Um, I think Adam Driver is just proving that like anything he turns up in, I'm going to watch it. It, it he is very fun. He's very interesting in this. I'm not sure whether the Lost storyline works as well as the movie thinks it does, mm. but there's a lot of fun encounters. I enjoyed the. It's a bit weird. The idea of the movie is uh, there's already this futuristic society somewhere in space, and then it lands on dinosaur Earth. That kind mm. of feels like that was their elevator pitch, and people liked that so much they just gave them the money to make it, yeah. and then they struggled with the story afterwards. But you know what? As an effects blockbuster, it's just a romp. It's a lot of fun. I can see why people don't like it, but I I felt a different way. I think it's okay. More on that later. Um, I also will have more on this later, but I'll have 10 seconds on Shin Kamen Rider. <sighs> it's it's not great, but I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, This is not the film I thought it was going to be, but like the first half an hour is actually fucking great. Right. That's all I need. The first half an hour was good. Yeah. Um, the other two hours, <laughs> not so much. It's like an hour and 50, um, and it's like, I could show anybody the first half an hour, and I'm like, this is awesome. And then, like, there's quite a lot of the film where I'm like, okay, you've got to be a fan to enjoy this. Right, okay. Um I also want 30 seconds, if you don't mind, on Close. Go for it. Actually, I might not even need the 30 seconds, but we'll just go until I've run out of steam. Um, this was the Danish entry for the best... Um, ah, what's the word? Uh, foreign language movie yeah, yeah. of the year. It's a sweet story. It's a sweet coming-of-age story that left zero lasting impression. And I don't nice. mean that as it's a bad movie. It's very well made. It's very quiet. Uh-huh. It's very slow. Uh, it's very much... This is definitely someone's childhood story. And I didn't vibe with it, but I appreciate that they had the opportunity to make it. Beautiful. Once again, you're hearing a lot of Mike because April, I have one movie, and we're going to be hearing about it later. It's a Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah. In fact, I'll have my 30 seconds now then. Go. This just dropped out of the top 10. Okay. I mean, just. I get that. This was exactly what it needed to be. 
Right. Which was a very high quality family movie that didn't screw up the aesthetics of Mario. That's all it needed to do. It just needed to be better than the 93 live action one and it accomplished it. Yeah. We are lucky that we got Jack Black in this movie because he is mm-hmm. absolutely the standout. It is a crime that Peaches was robbed for an original right. song nomination. Complete crime. I really liked it. Cool. More than anything else in April. I have three more I need to talk Lovely. about. Lovely. Uh, your 30 seconds on each begins now. Eh, I don't get why people love this goddamn movie so much. I know it's Matt Damon. I know it's Ben Affleck. It, it, you know, oh, they're back together again. They're doing a, it's, it's another brand movie and we're doing right. the Air Jordan story. Uh-huh. But it's just fine. It's just there. Right. There's nothing stand out in it. They they go out of their way not to show you Michael Jordan, which is a weird choice. I can't help but feel like he wasn't a big fan of how his parents portrayed in this movie. Um, who, you know, his mum's played Viola Davis, which is really good, but it's just a fucking average film. We're moving on to Renfield. This was a lot of fun. Mm. It's not top ten material, but it is a lot of fun. It's Nick Holt and Nick Cage, two Nicks, um, doing the story of Renfield and uh, Dracula in modern day. Uh-huh. They 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 input some very interesting things that lead for some very fun sequences. So Renfield can eat bugs and get superpowers, and it's okay. Yeah, it's weird, and the whole movie has got this weird tone to it. So I appreciate how quirky it is, but ultimately the story does suffer when they just want to shove in an action sequence. Last one for this month is Suzume, which is uh, Makoto, uh, Makoto Shinkai's new movie. You'll remember him as the director of Your Name, yes. which I think was on the top 10 for 2016. Okay, I think I look back at it and I actually put that one at number one for that year, retrospectively. This isn't as good as Your Name, but it is better than Weathering With You. Right. Um, you, you will know what that means if you like Makoto Shinkai's movies, as I do. This is a it's kind of like a very sprawling road trip movie that is also about saving the world from an invisible demon. Um, starts off in a young town. A young girl called Suzume directs somebody to a shrine. A giant worm comes out of it. They then go across the whole of Japan trying to shut doors. It's better than it sounds. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's for me, to be no, honest. No, it's not for you. It's not Doesn't for you. Doesn't sound like it was for no, me. No, no, no. It's, I loved it, though. I thought it was great. For the last time on this list... Yes. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. Um... <laughs> For hopefully the next time for a while, I have nothing in May because the two films I have, that being The Little Mermaid and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, are both going to be mentioned at in the a end. Minute. Okay. So, yeah. And we have a review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And we 3. have a full review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We do. The most polarizing one of the year. The most oh surprising gosh. for me, anyway. Yes. Um, do, would you, do you need any time to talk about it? I, can I have a minute? Because I've got two other films. You can have one minute to go. Uh, are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I imagine this is a movie that, given the <laughs> critical response, means that a lot of people grew up reading this book or have had the, uh, the book. You know, yeah, it's yeah. a seminal 1970s novel. Had an impact on their life. And I think there's some interesting things about womanhood and about the, you know, the growing pains of being a young woman yes. that will resonate with people very strongly. Um, I was in a room with my wife watching this movie. It didn't resonate with her. Ah. So I think it's a very uniquely American outlook. That's, yeah. Which which means it doesn't really affect us. It's a well-made movie, but I don't have strong feelings. The other movie from this month is still a Michael J. Fox movie. Mm. You'll be hearing about this later on, but I'll just give you a very brief uh, thing on that. I learned a lot more about Michael J. Fox than I thought I was going to learn and had a lot of things reflected back to me that resonated very strongly. You will be hearing about that later on. Cool. 
Um, anything else for May or into June? And I can do some talking. Yay! You might have to do some talk. Actually, um, well, should, we, should, should, should we start with the movie we were just discussing before we started the, the pod? Which was? Elemental. Yes, let's do Elemental. Um, and you go, because uh, it, it is your turn. Cool, I will take 30 seconds, please, and thank you. Uh, Pixar, man, what are you doing? Come on now. <laughs> like, it, it feels played out, even if it isn't. Like, it's, it is a unique concept of all the elements living in a city, but it's basically Zootopia, but with elements instead of animals. And how can they coexist? Fire puts out water, but they're all going to fall in love at the end, aren't they? It's just a nothing movie. Like, impressive to look at, I'll give it that, they always are, but the heart is just not there at the moment. I agree. It's it's a bit of a tried out story. When Pixar do something new and interesting, they get it right. There is a sequence in this film where it just becomes a rom com, mm. and I thought, "Hang on, this is actually quite good." You know, why would why didn't we go and see this? Why aren't the critics going mad for it? And then bog standard cookie cutter Pixar movie followed that sequence. I really liked that sequence. It's very about half an hour in. It's their first day. And I really liked that. And then everything after that was very bland, very plain. It's just it's just swapping predator racism for fire racism. Yes. That's it. They also confusingly made the fire like uh, Asian and Jewish and Turkish and in just an amalgamation of every... All Im- immigrants ever yeah. Yeah. are fire. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an odd one. It really is. Um, I Three other things came out this month. Yes. Again, uh, all of which, that being The Flash, uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, the latter of which we have full... Oh, do you have a full review for The Flash? Yes. Yes, we have full reviews for both of that and Spider-Man. It's awful. It's it, It's <laughs> Not terrible. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's not it's awful. It's not. You figure out which one's which. Uh, anything else in June for the also-rans? Um, we didn't review The Dial of the Destiny because no. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet? Nope. <laughs> No. Nope. Okay. There's, they're all on Disney Plus, and we were gonna yes. do we were gonna do Raiders of the Lost Ark to Dial of Destiny, <laughs> right? Uh, and then we didn't. Uh, we haven't. Done, <laughs> we haven't done it yet. I want to. I want to rewatch we all the shows. Not to. I want to rewatch the good three. It's knowing that I've got to watch Crystal Skull and this. That's the we, problem. We did. We did that. We in the build up to this, we watched all of them like earlier in the year. Yeah. Like Kingdom Kingdom of Crystal Skull. As long as you watch it next to the other three, actually helps because you're just, you're just so in the you're so in the group. Do you want me to start of, your time? Oh, no, no, because I'm going to have to talk about that later. Oh, okay. So that's fine. Um, can we move on to July? Uh, I have a few oh, others for June. Apologies. In fact, I need a um, minute and a half, please. minute and a half. You are good to go. Nimona is actually very good, but I don't get the hype. Um, um, I, really fun story of the idea of what um, we'll do the, the fantasy kind of like hero thing. In reverse, you know, your main character Riz Ahmed is a disgraced knight, uh-huh. Nimona, who is a monster, and kind of them as this kind of like odd couple pairing trying to go against essentially kind of knight propaganda media. Right. It, it's very inventive. I can't say that it's as good as everybody says it is, but I had a lot of fun and you should probably watch it. Asteroid City will not convert anybody who doesn't already like Wes Anderson. It's the most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson has ever Wes Anderson, which meant that I turned it off an hour in. Good job. <laughs> I, it was too much. Like, Grand Budapest Hotel is fun and quirky. Mm. And, like, Fantastic Mr. Fox is very well animated. Yes. Isle of Dogs is very well animated. This doesn't have, like, this big hook. It's just Dust Bowl and a little bit of weirdness. I think that's right. my problem with it. It's not weird enough. It's right. all symmetry 
all the time. It, like, it's a beautiful film to look at. It's the kind of film, if you're having a house party, you put on in the background and you turn the sound off. Right. That's what it is. Right. Okay. And last up, Flaming Hot. You'll hear a little bit of this later on. The Monster Munch movie? It's almost the Monster Munch movie. It's the Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. Um. Brand movies are here to stay. Um, I think this was weirdly directed by, like, Eva Longoria or something like that. Um, I don't understand why they made it. I don't. I don't get. I, I guess like when they were doing the Air Jordans movie, they just went, "Fuck it, I'm wasted. I'll just make anything." It's not good. Is it a documentary? Or? It's a drama. It's a not Cheetos? A, about the flaming hot Cheetos guy. I, why did they make this film? It's not good. Okay. <laughs> I think you're winding me up. I think every year you chuck one in there just to see if I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start just like, make you have one to... up, and I'm like, no, that can't be. That can't be right. I, I wish I was making flaming hot up, but it very much is a no, thing. No. Oh, oh, hello. You you are making it up. No, I'm not making it up. You're not making it up. Yeah. Oh, have you seen the poster? Yes. With the guy doing yeah, um, yeah, Creation yeah. of Man with the flaming hot Cheeto. Yep. Tony Shaloub's in this. Tony Shaloub's in this. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, you know he had. He had Mrs. Maisel series five this year. Yeah. And also Flaming Hearts. We've all had a year of up and downs, haven't we? (laughs) Can't all be good years, can they? All right. (laughs) To each their own. Um, Okay. Into July. July. Um, Can I have... Well, Barbie, we're both going to be talking about later. Yep. Could I have a minute, please? You can have a minute whenever you're ready. Um, Haunted Mansion... Which, why did you didn't put this out in October? I don't know. You put it in July. Um, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean in terms of taking a ride and just taking it through the roof. It's miles better than the Eddie Murphy one, just because it's very silly. Um, the cast is great. They've got a very good, strong cast throughout this. And it it doesn't really deal with spooky at all. It's very much going for the kid-friendly stuff. But for what it's trying to achieve, I think it does a decent job. They Clone Tyrone was literally knocked out of the top 10, 10 minutes ago because <laughs> I forgot about Puss in Boots and its oh, technicality. Man. It was sitting at number nine, just above the Jackass pick, and it was a, a very good movie. It is one that I feel I liked it, but I liked the start when we were figuring out the, the mystery and the end when it just goes mental. There's mm. a bit in the middle where it's a bit of a like a... All right, can we get over this slump a little bit? But still, a worthwhile movie, and it's on Netflix, so it's essentially for free. Give it a watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had a lot of situations over the last couple of days where I had to cling on to my jackass pick. Yeah, 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 that has to stay there. Yep. And I do feel bad, because they climb to around. He's probably better than my jackass pick, <laughs> but it had to be there. Um, I need uh, a minute. No, I need... Yeah, I need I need a minute. I need a, a minute. minute for you, Squire. Uh, no hard feelings is bad. Uh, moving on, let's talk about. I have seen no hard feelings. Oh, okay. Stop the timer. Let's talk about it. I thought it was better than bad, but wasn't fantastic. I feel like it was made in the mid two thousands. Yes, it would have been simultaneously better and worse. Mm. Like it would have been funnier, but it would have also been a lot schlockier. Yes. 
Um, but she does suplex that man with with her whole vagate, and that's great. And it's not a stunt vag either. That is Jennifer Lawrence in the nude giving a gee to a German suplex. And, you know, that's great. That's wonderful. Some people are lucky. Uh, <laughs> that's pig corner for the year. Um, yes, it is. It's super bad, but not as good. Um, that, Sorry, that's the, it's the film super bad. Yes. Not that it's super slash space bad. It's not great, but like it's it's the film it's the film super bad, but not as good. Yeah, I, yeah. I find it a bit gross, and I don't know whether that's me yeah, becoming yeah. a bit of a prude. No, I, I I get I get where you're coming from with that, and I and I don't know. I, I have to check myself every time to see if it's not like a situation where. Oh, it's gross because it's a woman doing it. I don't think it's that. I think it's it's gross because of the age gap. Yeah. And I think that stopped me from enjoying what the film was trying to do. Yes. That's all I have to say. I feel if this was a British movie, it'd be better. Yeah. If this was if this was channeling in between his energy, mm. I feel like it would be funnier. If this was laughing more because like this very much laughs at itself, but it, it yeah. doesn't do this thing of like, not only am I completely ridiculous. Yes. I'm also incredibly... If it was a British movie, it'd be, this is awkward. I wish I wasn't like this. It would be so... It would be self-deprecating, but this was just, I'm gross, get used to it. And I, I just didn't vibe with it. They would have made this in the mid-2000s with Will from the Inbetweeners. I'm trying to think of who would be like the Jennifer Lawrence standing mm. of like... Um, oh, what's her name? Um, she was in... Uh, she's in a Bond movie very quickly as, like, Strawberry Fields or whatever her name was. Oh, you know who I mean. I, I, I wish I did. I wish uh, I did. Uh, Gemma... Gemma Arterton. Gemma Arterton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that it, works. Like, it would have been that. Yeah. And it would have been... And it would have been... And there would have been a lot more scenes of, like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better than this. But, yeah, we're terrible. But, no, I, I get where you're coming from. Of, like, there, there, there's issues. There are there's issues. issues with this. But, uh, again... German suplex whilst in the nude. So, get a star for that, if nothing else. Talked about that for longer than I thought we were yes. going to talk about it. Can I have 30 more seconds, please? Of course you can. If I wasn't a pussy, <laughs> I, would have, I would have put Talk To Me on my top ten. I kind of thought that was the name of the fucking Oh, movie. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I it's... wasn't a pussy, it's a torrid romp through the Ukrainian-Russian war. <laughs> So I'll restart you. What, what's funnier is that there was there was a film this year called My Year of Dick, so it would have worked. Oh, oh, <laughs> would, double feature for the ages. Had it that the other film existed, um, <laughs> please restart my time. I have, I have. Talk to me is the movie that should be on my top ten if I wasn't a pussy. Right. And, and the problem with that is that I am, <laughs> and I had to watch it in the middle of the day with the curtains open on, you know, like, like bright midday oh, sun. Oh, because I'm not good with horror. Because um, okay. this is very effective. This is made by a couple of YouTubers. I forget the name of their channel, but they most, mostly did like big effects heavy, stunt heavy, like short comedy movies. Uh-huh. And this is a very well paced, very effective right. um, kind of like teen horror movie uh, about possession and don't fuck with the afterlife. And it's very good. Excellent. Um, oh, August. Yes. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem? I missed this one. Okay, give me 30 seconds, please. Whenever you're ready. Very much a plain movie. Um, but what I am glad I saw, it, did, it didn't trouble the top 10 at any point, but it is a solid reinvention of them. Although it feels like the Turtles get a big reinvention every five years at this point. Mm. Um, it, it, captures, it keeps them as noticeably teenagers, which I think is the first one to do that. Um Copies heavily from the Spider-Verse um, playbook, but if you're going to steal from anything, 
go with that. And it was nice that neither Shredder nor Krang were the bad guy in this movie. Nice. Excellent. That's good stuff. Did you see Gran Turismo? I did not see Gran Turismo. Why do I watch Gran Turismo? 30 seconds, please. It is better than it has any right to be. Okay. It's not Ford v Ferrari, but no. it's pretty fucking close. Oh, is it a dad movie? It's a dad movie. Oh, yes. But like a, da- but like a new dad movie. You know, oh. like, like our friends are having children. Yes. It's like a movie for them in about 12 months. Right, okay. Um, because it's actually quite good. I think it's it's weird seeing all the video game stuff added in when you, you know, you get that kind of like cognitive distance when you're watching like a very good race sequence that just all of a sudden you hear like a tr- trophy noise from the yeah, PlayStation yeah. ding off and stuff like that. Um, Archie Medeque is a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Love to see more of him. Um, it's, it's not top 10 material, but you know what? It is far better than that poster. And I am, of course, referring to the fan edit post that says "from gamer to racist," which just gets gets, <laughs> gets me every fucking time. Um, yeah, it was a, that was a surprise. Um, huh. Did you see Blue Beetle? No, I haven't seen Blue Beetle. I would like thirty you seconds. Saw Blue Beetle. I had thirty seconds. On, I don't. I don't even need thirty seconds on Blue Beetle. I did Fifteen seconds. Go. Everyone loved it. I didn't. The family's annoying. The fights are fine. The DC like. He's good. Shola Maradona is great. Yes. If we could just take him and leave every other element of this film behind, I would be happy. Right, okay. That's all I need. They're going to have to start crossing those bridges, I think, of like, right, we're going to have to figure out what's staying and what's going, because we clearly want to make another season of Peacemaker, but how the fuck does that work? There's um There was a graphic that came out the other day, mm. which was all the Rotten Tomato scores for all of the DCU projects. And it's yes. basically like James Gunn's things in the 90s and everything else sub-50. It's so funny. I, I did find a friend the other day of like, um, the, <laughs> the moment of the DC, DCEU of all time. Like, not the good moment, just <laughs> the, the moments moment of yeah. all time. These are some of the moments of all time. Martha. <laughs> It was the oh yeah, it was all the Martha and the terrible acting and the wonky uh, special effects. Thankfully, it's dead now. We've not seen Aquaman. Yep. Nor can you force me. Nope. Um, so there is that. Uh, September. Yeah. Um, there is one which we're going to talk about on the worst list, but yes. I also watched a haunting in Venice. So did I. Surprise of the year for me. Big surprise. The best of the three. Yeah. I think by a mile. Yeah. Because I don't think. Uh, you can go back. I think both previous ones made it as like a low-ranking worst of, of mm. like uh, Murder on the Orient Express and Definitely Not, which both. Like, the, there wasn't a lot of substance here. Here, it feels like they've really gone for a genre piece mm. of like let's make it not spooky, but let's give it the macabre spectacular, and it works really well. Like I don't feel it's as big as. Like they haven't gone with like the uh, big name ensemble on this one. They've gone with a bit more choice actors, but works a lot better than the previous ones. I completely echo that. I did like Murder on the Orient Express, but I did think Death of the Nile was a big steaming piece of shit. Whereas this is weird because it's not coming from a Poirot story. It comes from it comes from the Halloween Party, which is not a Poirot book. Oh. Um, and like you say, they go all in on making it tense and dark and strange mm. and disturbing. It is the most inventive of the Kenneth Branagh Poirot movies yes. by a long fucking mile. If the first one was like making an action movie, kind of, and the yeah. second one was just, we need to get this out yes. because, oh my God, Army Hammer's imploded on us. This one is the feels the most accomplished. It feels the most complete. I've thought about this one a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Just missed out on the top 10. Look, he loses, like, Poirot goes mad. Yeah. Poirot starts seeing things. Yes. <laughs> Like, I, I, 
um, now I'm like, well, if you can carry this energy through to do more of these, mm. now you've done the big ones, mm. or the big name ones. You can go for some of the lesser known ones, which I feel like you have more license to kind of change, chop and change to whatever you need it to be. Yeah. Maybe he's burnt out of playing... Because, I mean, definitely not was only last year. That means he's done back-to-back. Really? Yeah, yeah, he's Fucking done back-to-back hell. ones now. So maybe he's burnt out and doesn't want to do these anymore. Maybe. But we shall see. But this one had so much energy. Right, it, it, felt, it felt like a different crew worked on this one compared to Death on the Nile. Also, the kid in it, the, he, Jude Hill, Oh, he's I think the Belfast kid, The Belfast it? kid. What a contrast. It's, he was so good in this. Mm. Like, that was a strong fucking performance. Like, Jamie Dornan's like a really weird addition to this. Because yeah. I've either seen him be very silly or very, like, he's obviously the big main handsome star. Mm. He was like the recluse. He did a really good job on that. Yeah. Like, there's no one in the cast that I'm like, they did a bad job. I think everyone was doing real good work here. It's not as many, like, marquee names. No, that's But what that I'm almost, w- like, played into its strengths. You've got Tina Fey. You've got. It wasn't bad, actually. No, you've got um, uh, Michelle Yeoh, mm. Jamie Dornan, and I think that's it's kind it, of it, right? There's like, there's, a, there's obviously they fill out the cast with other people, but there's not like names. Like mm. the last one where it was like, yeah, Army Hammer and Gal Gadot, Russell Brand. Yeah, what a curse movie that was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, right, I'll let you know now. Yes. Through October, November, and December, yes. you have a clear run. I've only seen one movie in the space of those three months. And it, it was, was the, the Marvels. Marvels, and we have a full review of that. So. Okay. I need then, okay, one minute, two minutes, uh, three minutes. I need four minutes. Four minutes. Oh, God. All yours. Yep. I'll talk more when we get to it. We're still coming yeah, in a second. Give time. me 30 second intervals because I'm going to need okay, them. Okay, go. Right. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. It's it's got exactly exactly two jump scares, which means it is perfect for me. Okay, because <laughs> um, I don't like scary things. It's it's fine. It's okay. You right. know what? The kiddie winks are gonna love it, and that's exactly who the audience is yes. anyway. Um, it's a bit weird that I watched this and then immediately following Josh Hutcherson became the whistle meme. I don't get that. I'm 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 an old man now. Um, if I have one complaint, it's the animatronics aren't scary enough outside of one very good scene. Moving on. Blackberry. I'm going to be talking about it a little bit later on, so I don't need very long for this. It's very good. This was the um, make... uh, Make Glenn Howerton Howerton into uh, Reed Richards' uh, elevator pitch. It's very good. We'll move straight on. Past Lives. I watched this movie last night. This is the very last edition because everybody told me it was going to basically win Best Picture. I don't get it. It's fine. It feels like a very, very individual story to director Celine Song, and I'm not discrediting what her experiences are. My problem is, is that it's it uses space in a very interesting way um, because the close-ups feel distant and the long shots feel very close. It's very strange, but I didn't like it that much. Moving on, Bottoms. We'll be talking about this a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. It's the Wet Hot American Summer for Gen Z. Um, I loved it. Moving on. So uh, <laughs> the Marvels were already done. Uh, Napoleon. I'm annoyed I haven't seen this. Don't worry. You ain't missing much. Oh. It's two and a half hours and it's not that great. Um, right. There's okay. some very gruesome battle scenes, which are enjoyable. Uh-huh. Joaquin Phoenix is fine. Right. That's okay. It's a bit strange other than that and i don't mean in like uh like a yogas lanthimos like a, a what the fuck is going on movie and just like uh why did we focus on this movie right it's really scott trying to do the entire life of napoleon inside of three hours and it feels incomplete is the word i would use 
Moving on to Saltburn. We'll be hearing a little bit more about this later on. This is the latest movie from Emerald Fennell, director of Promising Young Woman. I liked it quite a bit. I know who's in this. You know who's in this. Do you want to do (laughs) Who's fantastic. Should we move on because we've done that now? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dagger, does that mean you didn't watch Chicken Run 2? No, I haven't watched Dawn of the Nugget. Okay, 30 seconds on Dawn of the Nugget. You know what? As a Christmas movie, this was this was nice. This was fine. Huh. It's it's not going to live up to Chicken Run 1. No. I feel like the early run of Aardman animations, probably up to and ending with Wallace and Gromit, mm. are great. Um, and this follows very much in the vein of the first movie. It, instead of breaking out, they're breaking in. I, I like the... the, the they have an interesting plot line, which is basically about brainwashing, and it's very good. Um, but some of the humour doesn't land. It's just fine. And last of all, Family Switch. This was actually the Christmas movie we watched this year. The new Christmas right. movie. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's got... Um, oh, not Will Arnett. It's the other guy. Uh, it's the guy who looks like Will Arnett, but it's not Will Arnett. The, basically, it's Freaky Friday, but it's an entire family. Right, like the, okay. the 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 mom swaps with the daughter, and the son swaps with the dad. Yeah, it's all set over Christmas. Jason Bateman. It might be Jason Bateman. Right. I think it's. But you've got um, Enid from uh, Wednesday in this, as well as the daughter. Who's oh actually, yeah, yeah. Who's really good? I really like her. Okay. Um, it's fine. It's it's on. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> o- it's okay family entertainment, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's nowhere near high art. Obviously. Weirdly, didn't get a lot of Christmas movies watched this year. Mm. New or old. The only one we watched was Violent Night yes. last year, which is excellent and definitely would have made last year's top ten. Yeah. Because it is a wonderfully silly It's John Wick Santa Claus, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. self aware silliness of the situation it's in, but oh it's brilliant and I'm really annoyed I didn't get to put it on last year's list. Mm. Yeah, we had um there was a few that were penciled in which you didn't get round to because somehow, do you remember telling you last year about um, your Christmas or mine? Yes. Where Ace of Butterfield and his girlfriend yeah. go to. Somehow, they there's a it. second one <laughs> where they go on holiday with the families, yeah. but the posh family ends up going to the place they booked like off Google and it's a bit dodge. Right. And the poor family, Ace of Butterfield's family, go to the lodge and the big ski resort and it's all wonderful for them. Right. And I was like, Right, but that's surely that's like a 10 minutes. Oh, we've gone to the wrong place. Let's switch. Yeah, let's leave. <laughs> um, but we didn't get round to that because I was like, uh, my in-laws watched it who are much more forgiving about bad movies and even mm. they said it was a bit schnur. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, I'm good. And turns out again, they know the person who wrote it and he actually appears briefly in this one. That's like, interesting. Probably shouldn't have slagged that off as much as I did last year. Oops. Ah, well. Oops. Hang on. It's a local who wrote this movie? Yes. No way. Yeah, yeah, they they know like they my my mother in law went to school with his mom. I think ah. that's the way round, or he married into that family. There's there's wow, so he, many he, of them. I he can't. got the job we wanted. Yes, writing shit. <laughs> and this Christmas is what he does with it. Books. This is what he chooses to do with his parents. You know what? We've only got five listeners, but at least we got integrity <laughs> that we have. Um, yeah, I'm I'm annoyed. I didn't watch. There's a few you mentioned there that I'm annoyed I haven't seen yet. Mm. Um, but we'll get round to them. Now, let's cleanse. Yes. It is time for the worst. It is time for the worst. So. How many do you have I've, on your list I've got five. Okay. I'm going to do my ten through five quickly. By all means. And then we'll do my five. Okay. Uh, tenth worst, Blue Beetle. I found it annoying. I, I know it's a fine movie. That's why it's mm-hmm. it's lower down on the list, but it's in, 
incredibly like I, the fact I just hate the family. Right, they are so grating. Number nine, the Fablemans. It's two and a half hours just to say that uh, Steven Spielberg's mom was a whore. I don't get why they made it. <laughs> if when you see it, you'll know. Right, okay, like, that is. The point of the movie. My mom was a whore. Why did you make it? Number eight, no hard feelings. Again, I just don't like it. I find it icky. Even though we got, you know, full frontal nudity suplexing, it doesn't make up for the quality of the writing, which is not great. Uh Number seven, Tar. I recognise it's a good movie. I was bored out of my tits watching it. The ending isn't great, even though Kate Blanchett is. And number six, The Marvels. It's... Fucking fine. You know what? I think in my head, I should probably switch Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is my number five, and the Marvels, because the Marvels has the sin of having the least memorable villain, whose name has already escaped me, of the entire MCU. Darben. Darben. There you go. But it did have Kamala Khan, which is at least one more yes. thing than the Ant-Man and the Wasp had. I know it's really, we should probably save it for the TV episode. Yes. Have you been watching What If so far? I have not. Strong start. Oh. I've watched the first four, I think, mm. which was um, what if there had to be an 80s Avengers. Oh, fun. What if, what if they did Blade Runner, but it's um, Nebula. It, <laughs> it's dope. What if Happy Hogan had to save Christmas, which is essentially Marvel Die Hard. And uh, then they did um, What If Tony Stark Landed on Sakaar. Yeah, the missing season one episode. Yes, and did Mad Max slash Wacky Races, but with Tony Stark and Korg (laughs) and Gamora. Really, really good start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Much better start than season one had, so. Oh, cool. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe I should watch it then. Right, but the one superhero thing you shouldn't watch this year. Yes. No, not the worst ranking. Oh, DC. No, You're dear. To get ranked. Wait, hang on. So other than not watching Aquaman, yep. which probably could have cracked a bottom one, yep. I think between us, we're about to name every single DC movie this year. <laughs> so here comes Shazam Fury of the Gods at number five. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't seen this, I nor did. should you. No, no, I didn't so, think I would need to bother. Saved it for a plane. Um, wasn't even the first thing I watched on the plane. That was, I think it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the first thing I watched. Because yeah. I thought, well, that's got a chance of being good, and it was. This, on the other hand, it's not that it's like flat out terrible. Mm. It depends on because a lot of the shtick came from. And I I did mention this in the first movie. It's very prevalent here, is that it doesn't feel like the kid playing Billy Batson and Zachary Levy playing Shazam are the same character. Are the same character. Yeah. Like they genuinely feel tonally completely different. In that this is not how this kid would react given these powers. Mm. He seems, Zachary Levy seems a lot more immature and silly than an even more mature um, Billy Batson is now. Mm. The villains are very forgettable. It's got Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu and... Um, Rachel Zegler? Rachel Zegler, yeah. And they're, they're, they're very ill-defined on what they want and what they need to do. They're just like, we need this power rod and the power rod will help us... We'll take over the it's it's basic Rita Repulsa stuff, mm. and it it just doesn't. That first movie is probably one of the better movies of that first wave of DCU movies. This one just finds nothing fun to do with that concept, and just drags it out. And like I said, I had to power through the ending because we'd landed and I hadn't got to it. But <laughs> any time anyone would open their mouths, I was like, look, it's not like the dialogue stellar, nor will it matter at this point. Mm. So but da 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 da. It felt really pointless. 
not for his pointless itself, but like with the reboot coming, really didn't feel like worth your time. I can only imagine that's even worse for Aquaman. Oh boy, I ain't watching that. So yeah, that's number five. Yes, you're number five. Atman of the Wasp: Quantumania. Fair enough. It's not good. It wastes a lot of good actors, yeah. most notably, no, notably William Harper Jackson. Yes, as Quaz, uh-huh. who would have made a fucking good read. Um, he would have. He would have made a good number of people in that cast. There's the Jonathan Majors problem, and it it, it it makes it worse retroactively. Yes. Because we build Kang up so much, and we are shit-canning him. So yeah. this is the problem with the Ant-Man films, right? They've gotten progressively worse. The first one was a low-stakes heist movie yes. with a very inventive final scene. Yes. Loved it. I don't want to say loved, but like really, really appreciated it. Above average for the MCU, solid. Yeah. Ant-Man of the Wasp was bog standard. Like, literally just, like, there. I think it's actually what sets as my exact bang three, three out of five movie in the MCU list I have. Of yeah. Like, if you're above this, you're good. If you're below this, you're bad. Yeah. This is the exact midpoint. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's like, okay, Ghost was okay. Goliath was fine. Walton Goggins is there. Yes. And... And you know, it's like it's very much just like, oh shit, we forgot to do the wasp in the first movie. Movie, yes. And then this is like, okay, we got all the pieces together. We've got an interesting villain. Everybody's back. Everybody's set up. We're post Endgame. What are we going to do with it? Fart around in the um, cosmic realm for about an hour and forty. Just, just, just dot, just doddle around until we get to do something with Kang. And like, this is the this is the problem with the Jonathan Majors things because in the review. And I stand by it. He's we said he's very good. Yes, and he is very good. He's a very good actor. He's also a piece of shit. Yeah. So two things can be true at once. Things can be two things. Yeah. Um, and that is the only good thing. That is the like I keep remembering that Modoc's in this movie. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah, no, that absolutely deserves to be as low as it is because the the Modoc effect looks shit. The writing for Modoc is shit. The none of it is satisfying. The Bill Murray bit is completely throw away in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I agree. And plus, I know we're going to have to get rid of him anyway, mm. but like, it's not like because you can say, right, well, they had Loki and Thor mm. as the main bad guy and he was defeated and then he turns up again in the Avengers. But I feel like it's different because it wasn't like Loki was killed or like was destroyed. Loki just had his plot foiled and then he went and met someone else, met Thanos and got worse yes. and then was a credible threat for the Avengers to fight. Yeah. It doesn't... Like, you killed what all the Kangs think. This is the worst Kang. That's why they've had to exile him. Mm. And Ant-Man took care of him pretty easily. Yeah. Got wiped him from the face of the earth. Why should I now be scared of the lesser Kangs? Mm. The less good than this one that Mm. the Ant-Man people just handled. Because the writing in Loki... It, it almost it almost is just a mirror image of I am inevitable because the yes. right, the way they wrote him in Loki is like you kill me and you know the floodgate opens yes like I'm pretty bad all these guys are worse yes and then this was supposed to be the guy that was worse and steadily defeated by a B tier Avenger it's like okay, I, it's cool. such a it's such a weird decision and I feel like there's a lot of other people if you'd done Modok better. And Modok was at the behest of Kang. I feel that could have worked. Better. Modok could have been the key villain. Yeah. And then they could have done a, a very similar Loki Thanos thing. Yeah. Exactly that. that. 
If you oh Modoc, we're just about gonna you think he was bad. He works for this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the background. I, I just it's a very baffling decision. Thankfully, one that I mean they don't have to thankfully in the worst possible way, that yes. we don't have to actually bear out to its conclusion now. No, no, we don't. I, <laughs> Did you see everybody being like John Boyega would make a really good cag, and he just put "not" nah, in capitals underneath nope. someone's post. Uh-uh, I'm good. I don't want to. <laughs> don't need that business. Don't really want to go back and work for Disney anymore. I'm good. Um, well, because of it, him and uh, oh god, yeah, uh, Moon Knight, um, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaacs, both came out of Star Wars going, "Yeah, nah, fuck that." Never We're again. done. But even then, it was... then he went straight back. <laughs> the Triple H problem, if you will. Right, right. Um, speaking of wrestling, yes. Beautiful segue. Number four. Yes. Big year for wrestling media, actually, this year. Oh. We've got two things to talk about in TV that aren't anything to do with WWE or, or AEW, etc. Two documentaries that came out this year. Ah, fun. The Iron Claw is currently out in America. Yes. We've got to wait till fucking February. Yes, but I've agreed to go with you. Thanks, babe. It's got very good reviews, to be fair. I mean, I'm mostly in it for the beer. The beer. So. <laughs> um, and apparently it's got the... I don't know where we've got that voice I've from. I've told you it's from uh, the Goes Wrong show. Oh, Pass me yeah. the beer. The beer. The beer. Um, it's got apparently a, an all-time worst Ric Flair impression of all time for the bloke they cast to play Ric Flair. Woo. What? <laughs> someone held up a sign the other day that's Ric Flair and it's spelled woo, W-H-O-A. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> um, so, but now we have one of the worst lists, unfortunately. Oh no! Uh, this is Cassandro. Mm. So this is a a biopic mm. of Cassandro. So in the eighties in Mexico, you have um, Joe. We have faces and heels. Yes. You have um, Rudico, Rudy, Rudico's. Rudy, you have heels and baby faces down there as well. But then you also have Exoticos, which right. is basically gays oh. and you'd have oh, no. gay wrestlers and they were like there to be like proper queer baiting they would always right. lose they were always on the receiving end of things they were always there for the good guys to uh to beat up and this guy cassandra played by gail garcia bernal of oh, um well by night well by night um he was the first one to go like no i'm good enough i want to start winning and i can get over and it doesn't have to be a whole i'll still be gay and i'll still be me and be flamboyant and stuff but I don't have to be a loser. Mm. And he was really the one that changed the face of it for, for Mexicans. Great story, and I feel it could have gone well, but it's very melodramatic mm. and very r- realistic. Right. To the point where it doesn't feel like a film. It mm. feels like like just an incidental thing has happened and we've bothered to record it. Like, sure. There's not a lot of drama there's not a lot of really good emotional acting, I don't think. Mm. Um, it's got Bad Bunny in because, of course, it does. He's in everything that's wrestling related. Oh, El Muerto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, you remember El Muerto? Everyone remembers El Muerto I from those El Muerto. from those two issues of some Amazing Spider-Man. Um, admittedly, he did have a match this year. Oh, at WrestleMania. No, 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 no. They put an entire event in Puerto Rico. For him, basically. Jesus and he Christ. had a match with Damien Priest that has made some people's top tens of the year. My God. Because it was like, Puerto Rico loves themselves, Bad Bunny, because he's from there, and mm. he's like, God himself has walked out. They are Shit. fucking electric for the man. Um, but yeah, it's it's an... I, I'm waiting... I'm hoping it's the Iron Claw, but if it's based on the Von Erics, as I've told you before, it's going to be fucking Cursed. miserable. Yep. So I don't think it's going to be a happy time, <laughs> but as long as it's better than this, I'll be a happy boy. So was that a Mexican movie? 
Uh, I think it was a Mexican-American production, so it is largely in Spanish, but there are sections in English. It's on Amazon Prime, but mm. you're good. You're not, you're not missing out on anything. Fair enough. My number four, then, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. We talked a little bit about this earlier on. This is one of the movies, and there's a few of them on this list. Yes. Um, to be fair, it's mostly, well, I've mostly told you about the ones I bailed on. I bailed hard on this movie. It is fucking dry. Mm-hmm. I I fully appreciate Nan Goldin as a person, mm-hmm. as somebody who had this very difficult upbringing, as somebody who suffered first hands at the Sacklers. The problem is, is that like we had like Dope Sick, yes, and that was very good. Mm-hmm. And then they did another drama that was about Spare and the Sacklers, and then they did another one, and then right. they did another, and now it's like it's an. Whilst this is a documentary, yes. and whilst this is very much an individual story mm-hmm. about Nan Gold and about her very troubled upbringing, about her deep connection with New York, it just is boring, right? And to make something that I have already invested serious time into already. Uh-huh boring you have to be doing something very specifically bad i think my problem with it is is that most obviously most documentaries have a lot of stock footage have a lot of images that they've pulled from certain places but the issue is that this film is almost entirely that right it is almost all like looking through nan golden's um photo album Ah. there is very little like the further it goes in a in a timeline the more kind of like recorded interviews and stuff like that you get but just like to, it's one of those films you know when you go to an art gallery and there's like a video installation that runs every 15 minutes and it's basically Ugh. just like the artist in like yes. the most monotone voice talking about uh-huh. the pit it's that for an hour and a half and i think it's longer than that actually uh-huh. i bailed after an hour i was like i cannot even though i care i cannot sit through this it is unbearable Bearably boring. Right. I can't recommend to anybody. There are so many good documentaries that don't get nominated, don't win anything. Yes. And this, I was forced upon me because of the Oscar nomination. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I mean, I, sometimes I'm I'm grateful for it because sometimes you get films like Collective, which I still think about. Yes. Such a good film that really goes off the fucking rails. And then this is just like... It's not even audio book because, like, I've got into audio books this year. Yeah, it's not even like a good audio book. No. I couldn't even listen to it. It's so dull. I have nothing else to say. Just don't don't waste your time. I didn't even give it the full run time. Right. Realistically, that should have made it higher, but we've got some fucking turds to flush that we have. So I've gone with the absence of good is the true definition of bad for. Choices number three and two on this list. Yes. So at number three, we have The Little Mermaid live-action remake. Okie dokie. Have you seen it? I haven't. I'm not wasting my time. I didn't like The Little Mermaid when it came out. Oh, good. Right, so, okay. like, like, and this was like around the same time as like Lion King and Milan, which, yeah, are, yeah, which yeah. are actually very good films. Yes. Little Mermaid did nothing for me. This is not going to help that. No. It's I. It's what you think it is. Yeah, a it's remake. Of- taken that. And do it again. Mm. And there's large part of this where I was completely checked out, zoned out. Wow. I'm trying to. I'm desperately trying not to sit on my phone when watching any movie mm. these days, or any TV show. I'm trying to actually give it attention, but oh, this pushed me to the to the <laughs> absolute limits. Uh, the, but the thing that annoys me the most is the thing that gets it to number three instead of it being on uh, being at the silver medal position. Is that the best bit about this is Melissa McCarthy's Ursula. 
And it just, again, annoys me that, again, she can choose to do good things yes. if she wants. She just actively <laughs> chooses to be bad. You know what cements this? Go on. The wife's been re-watching Gilmore Girls, which is like right. uh, early 2000s. I was watching, re-watching Gilmore Girls at the, the minute. minute. So, oh, that's weird. That um, so you're We've seeing... driven them to Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so... I'm seeing proto-Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, you're seeing good, funny Melissa... Like, yes. heartfelt, heartwarming yes. Melissa McCarthy. And then there's, like, films like Can You Ever Forgive Me, where she's yeah. genuinely good and trouble. No, I'm Perfect Strangers. Yep. She was excellent in that. And then yeah, you force through sh- shot shit like, like this. Genie and stuff. Like, she's good in this. That's the thing. She's the only bit that's like giving it a bit of fucking oomph. Mm. Like, everything else is just... And... Wow. When, when, when current day Melissa McCarthy is like your best selling point. Yes. Oh. It's not going well. No. So, um, but somehow not as boring as number two, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, does that mean The Flash is at uh, number two or number one for you? Oh, The Flash is at number one, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing beating The Flash. <laughs> nothing. Unless I gave Aquaman it to go, yep. nothing was beating The Flash this year. So, spoiler alert, I guess. But yeah, Flash is number one. Okay, well, it's a good time that we'd said that because Flash is my number three. Right, let's If you can believe it, it I saw two films worse than uh, The Flash. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, I'm scientifically possible. Oh, what an abhorrent piece of shit. It's so fucking awful. I don't understand how they're going to fuck. Don't forget the tomatoes. I, I cannot oh, believe fuck. that. that yeah, uh, maybe there's two worse whole movies, but yeah. there can't be anything worse than. They made 20 movies, and this was the <laughs> best, best one. one. <laughs> oh, it's, it, if anything, this is like. Good. Yep. It's good that the DCEU is dying and yep. we're making way for something new. Because yep. this was this has been coming for a long time, touted by a lot of people who should know better, have been mm. brilliant and exciting. And, yep. it's, and it's this. <laughs> it's, it's a piece of shit. This. It is all of the worst traits of like this new wave superhero malaise we're in at the moment, all crystallised in one fucking movie. <laughs> To go, what ruined superhero movies? Have you got 90 minutes? I'll show you. <laughs> Just this ad nauseum. Yeah. Like multiverse stuff that doesn't make any goddamn sense. That- cameos for the sake of cameos. Yep. Because even um, your boy uh, James Gunn has come out and said the worst thing about superhero movies at the moment is cameo porn. Yes. Of just cameos for the sake of cameos. They don't add anything narrative to the story. Mm-hmm. Now, he probably wasn't talking about this because maybe in his mind, the Michael Keaton Batman is adding something to this movie, but I would argue vehemently against that. Yeah, it's reminding you of a better film you could be watching. Yes, exactly that. It's to get those lapsed 80s fans back in, because the Tim Burton Batman's here, isn't that cool? Mm. No. No, it isn't, because they're not doing Batman Returns. No. Which is, I mean, I love Batman 89, but Batman Returns is inherently yes. better and weirder and darker and, and fun. And and it's none of that. Nope. It, it's not even got a fucking flavour of that. This is two Ezra Millers. Two Ezra Millers? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about tomatoes and the fucking crucible of bad CGI. God, what is it about just awful, terrible people trying to evade the law and there being lots of them in a, in a superhero franchise? Right, right. right. We're just... We're just uh, it is... Like I said. We're, we're going the way of the Western, Darren. That's what's happening. Oh, why? We're just about, we're just to, about get... to do X-Men again. <laughs> Can you not just wait? <laughs> Can you 
one functional fucking X-Men movie in an MCU. It's all I want. Deadpool Kevin, 3's coming, it's fine. Kevin, it's all I want. I just, I just want one Marvel, I just want one X-Men MCU movie, please. Please. And hopefully Superman Legacy will be fine. But, oh my God. I don't understand. I really don't understand how many iterations of this movie we went through to get to get to what should our first scene be i know baby in a microwave what should we do with batman i know not make him dark or interesting yep what should we do with supergirl i know have a completely unrelated to literally any part of the plot what should we do with the multiverse i know let's reference a kevin smith seminar oh yes let's do this let's pay that off oh god Okay, I... the thing is, like, I think if if me or you had done picture flash movie, yes, and we'd said, and then the Nick Cage Superman comes in, I think we'd be like, oh, that'd be quite fun. And it's not till you see it that you realise it isn't. It's a joke for, roughly speaking, thousands of people, yes. not millions of people. Yes, a lot of people would go, "Why is weird CGI Nick Cage fighting a spider?" and the people like us go oh actually that's a reference and we don't need that no right no I'm annoyed now yeah because because that was uh, what you were building uh, up to because now I have to talk about the portable door what the fuck is the portable door so the portable door door is a Sky Movies original that's the first big red flag (laughs) (laughs) avoid this Um, have you seen the other one that's out in a couple of weeks no (laughs) Jason Statham in The Beekeeper (laughs) oh my god it was the trailer that was in front of Napoleon. Oh, <laughs> yeah! It looks fucking abysmal. They thought there was a there was a crossover between Sky Movies original movies and people who want to see a nearly three hour historical drama. Yeah, apparently cross pollination. Ah, fucking up, right? Yeah. So the portable door. Now the problem is, I can very, I can scarcely remember the movie because it's <laughs> the absence of everything. Right. It's about like. It's trying to be like a secret society. They're not quite wizards, but like they've found like a door realm. Mm. And here's a magical door that can get you into this door realm and this like jumper, but with a tactile thing that they have to like go through the door to do things. Right. And it's got like a like a half decent cast, like um Oh, he plays he's the bad guy in Inglorious Bastards. Uh oh, uh Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz is in this as Oh, fuck it, he's the bad guy. Yeah, turns I out. mean, yeah. And um, <laughs> it is quite literally the absence of everything mm. like, to the point I, I am struggling to remember anything about it. All I know is I put it on here at the worst and it's just come further and further <laughs> away from my mind. Don't watch it. It's 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 completely devoid of anything fun, memorable or good. And that's what makes it number two. Is it weird that all I'm picturing... I haven't even seen this movie, but I just... For, for, the, for your benefit i would quite like to do an edit where they go through this portable door yes and then they end up in the room with mr susan from the mighty boosh i wouldn't mind that <laughs> that'd be all right um it's time for you to do the choosing uh yeah i'm, I'm just looking at this there's sam neil's in this i forgot sam neil was in this. jesus oh then again sam neil was also in what was the movie something like the man who shot bigfoot and then also shot hitler or something like that was he in that he was the oh, main guy in that beans all right yeah Completely devoid of anything. Don't watch it. I mean, again, Sky Movies original should have known better. Mm. So, what's your number 
Two. Yeah, now I'm trying to find out what you think is possibly worse than The Flash. Yeah, so Empire of Light is definitely oh, worse than The Flash. Oh, right, okay. Okay, so I'm going to spoil everything in this movie because I need you to understand how batshit off the rails it is. By all means. So so the movie is about this kid who starts working at like a run-down cinema. Okay. Uh, and things aren't going very well. It's, it's kind of like late 80s kind of Britain seaside town. Oh. Um... And there is this character played by Olivia Colman who works at the cinema and I think is meant to be shown as kind of mildly schizophrenic. Um, immediately jumps on this young kid's dick. Um, fucking bizarre. There's like a, a section upstairs of this cinema that's like run down and let's just start fucking in there. That's weird. Immediately that's weird because, again, big age gap. Older woman looks fucking creepy. Right. Um, then it's... They're, they're, oh, they're getting a big premiere at the thing. We're going to get all this money. We're going to save the cinema. Yeah? Da, 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 da. Um, it all goes to pot because she has a schizophrenic episode um, following a kind of skinhead riot. Oh, I, I should probably mention that the, it's pertinent to the movie, but the, the young kid, the actor's name I do forget, is black and therefore is the target of racist abuse throughout the film. Okay. Um, which obviously is not fun, but is fairly representative of that period of British history, very sadly so. Um, but the problem is is that it doesn't choose to focus on cinema connects us all, which I think right. would have been an interesting thing to do. It focuses on um, seaside towns are a, a weird kind of like waiting rooms of the world, yes. nothing is good there, and also my mum is schizophrenic. And right. just goes fucking mental, uh, Le- like leading up to a very tense standoff with the fucking police. It's totally unfocused. It's very badly written. Yes, they it misses opportunities left, right, and centre. I think there could have been a good plot line with renovating the cinema, yep. which goes nowhere. There could have been a very good plot line of the young kid learning to be a projectionist from this projectionist character they introduced about halfway in the movie yes. that goes fucking nowhere. It's. It's like the film actively chooses to be morose. Right. It actively goes, right, okay, we've moved the characters on for five minutes. Now what's the worst possible thing that we could do right now? Uh-huh. So we, we're not going to have any character development. We're just going to put weird shit on the, in the cinema. Right. And it when Sam Mendes like, oh, this is the film, you know, to honour my mum's memory and talk about yeah, like, yeah. how impactful cinema is. But there's none of that in there. It's just a weird melodrama that chooses at every moment to do the worst thing that that character, specifically the one suffering from mild, well, mild to severe schizophrenia by the end of the movie, yes. could possibly do. Right. And it is fucking miserable. It's absolutely miserable. Wasn't this like his dream project? Like Sam Mendes is like I'm. I'm gonna. Yeah, the, the I mean, you saw the promos in in Showcase for it. Yes, yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. I want to remind everybody that the film he made before this was 1917. I, you know, it's fine if you guess. <laughs> you have to get this shit out. Yeah. So I mean, then you have more stuff like that. Yep. Fine. It's it's that thing of like every, movies that people hate working on end up being good, and people that yes. movies that people love working on end up being giant piles of shit you know what i want the misery at the hands of the creatives now i yes. don't want the misery in the movie no. I, sometimes i just want to go and see something vaguely uplifting maybe interesting maybe kind of semi-autobiographical and this just feels like none of that at all and it's just dross i i, I struggle to find anybody who even saw it let alone no. have an opinion on it right and i'm telling you now there's a good fucking reason for that and something is worse than that something is worse than that Oh, I'm doing it. 
Right, okay. Means. Oh, yeah, because the Flash. The Flash yeah. was the Do you have one. another 30 seconds on, on Please, the Please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, I'm done, we have a full review of that thing. I am done talking about the Flash it's for the rest of time. fucking awful. Um, yeah, somehow, Tell It Like a Woman is worse than all of that. Okay. Because it is incompetent. Oh. It is the most... This feels like it was made by Amateur's Movie since me and you were making videos on YouTube. Hey. It is bad. The writing... Oh, sugar. Stop hitting things. I'll stop. The writing is bad. The direction is bad. The lighting is bad. The editing is bad, save for one of the seven stories. Mm-hmm. One of them, I think, is directed by like a Japanese director. And it's actually competently put together. Right. But we're talking about a 15, 10 to 15 minute stretch of a full length feature movie. And this got nominated, which is why I need to talk about The Curse of Diane Warren. Right. I wouldn't have to watch this if Diane Warren would just die. <laughs> and I think that would be fine and everyone would be okay with it. For those who don't know, it, in the Oscars uh, bit that I do, yes. in the watching all the movies, the original song category always screws me over. Yes. Always brings forward the worst of the worst. Right. And this year it came to fucking roost. So Diane Warren... Let's. I want you to know that she actually writes good songs. She's written songs for Cher and Celine Dion and Mariah Carey yes. and Beyonce and Michael Bolton and you know right. songs that you would actually recognise. Uh-huh. And then she's in the back half of her career, in the twilight of her career, has decided to write songs for movies. Okay. They always lead to me having to watch the most terrible fucking shit. <laughs> the the last time it really came to a head was when I had to watch Breakthrough. Right. Because it, it's it's a movie that a kid falls through the ice and then he's saved by the pair of Jesus. Oh. Like, it's proper, like, fucking Bible bashing okay. and red state shit. But Diane Warren wrote a song for it, so it gets Oscar nominated. And that's what happened here. Right. I feel like this was just... This was a sideshow at one of the fucking, uh, like, awards... Things like Cannes or um, yeah. Toronto or whatever. No, Toronto's pretty cool. I'm not going to drag Toronto down like that. Yes. Probably can because it's right. fucking pathetic. Um, and her song is in this. I had to sit through this film to get to the credits oh. to hear the bit that was nominated. Could you not just listen to the song? Like that's what's actually nominated. That's what's actually nominated, but that's not in the spirit of watching all of the Oscar nominated right, movies. He's doing this to himself, ladies. I'm and doing this to need, myself. You need to be aware of that. I have no one to blame but myself. Yes, and Diane Warren. And Diane Warren, the curse of Diane Warren. Oh my fucking god! This is. It's not even comprehensibly a movie, right? And there's a vast, there's a good swathe of this movie that is based on real life stories of of strong, powerful women that make them out to be fucking weird. Right. Like, just absolutely weird. The second one in stars Cara Delevingne mm-hmm. and is the the moment I think I truly... Like my, my, my mind truly snapped. Right, okay. She's playing somebody who is experiencing homelessness. Uh-huh. And when I say she plays it like the fucking troll under the bridge, right. I am not exaggerating. Uh-huh. It is the singular worst thing I have seen this year. Wow, okay. It might be the singular worst thing I've seen... Full in song. the last 10 years. So, right. like, next year, we will have been doing Popscorn for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the worst. When I tell you, it is the worst piece of film <laughs> in those 10 years. Right. It is abysmal. It is. It's shot like somebody's holding a fucking torch two inches from the camera. Ah. Cara Delevingne is behaving like a fucking wolf. 
Right. It's incomprehensible. The script is dreadful. It. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I just okay. can't. It is irredeemably bad. I want to check right now. Yes. What the? Because I, if there's an audience score for this on Rotten Tomatoes, I will be very surprised. Right. Um. But I want to check how low it is because I want to see, and this will this will set my mood for the rest of the fucking episode. If people agreed, or if people thought it was some art house, yeah, Voltaire thing of like, no, no, this is actually brilliant if you read between the lines. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have a tomato meter score. <laughs> it has three reviews. There are less than fifty ratings. Oh, yeah, three reviews. Two of them are fresh. What the fuck? Oh. Um, the Austin Chronicle and Common Sense Media gave it a fresh rating. Okay. The Guardian gave it a rotten rating of two out of five. I would argue that's being... Um, generous? Generous in, in, like, that you even gave it two. Mm, right, okay. It deserves minus three. It's the bit, yeah, one can't help but feel packages like this are not doing a huge amount to further the cause of gender parity in film direction. I would agree, because they're all wank. They're all awful. None of these people are good. All of these people deserve death. They don't. They obviously don't. Yeah, so calm down. It's, uh, calm down. The Flash was bad, but you know what? Yeah. The Flash had a story that was seemingly comprehensive. Right, fair enough. This is awful. The worst thing I've ever seen. And now you need never think of it again. Yep. It is gonzo. We're now into the good stuff. Yes. The now, cleanse is over. I presume you have a jackass pick? I have a jackass okay. pick. Okay. My number 10, my jackass pick, is 65. Yeah. Because I couldn't bring myself to truly hate it. <laughs> it's actually quite because good. Because it's actually all right. It's okay. Like, it's fine. I can't say that They Clone Tyrone is a, is a worse movie than this. No, it's a good film. But this had dinosaurs and guns and yep. the, and and everything blows up at the end yep. and it's got a very good like last five minutes of oh shit they're either going to be eaten or blown up by an asteroid <laughs> what's going to happen like there's missed opportunities I think the negative scores of people saying it could have been so much more mm. and instead it's this but. Considering the terrible dinosaur movie I had last year, yep. I was just happy for a competently made, relatively fun dinosaur movie. Which yep. it, it's probably higher than it should be. Which is why it's a jackass pick. Which is why it's a jackass pick. It's it's Kylo Ren running around shooting dinosaurs with a space gun. Like, what's not that's, what's not to like about that? Yeah. Because it has Ariana Greenblatt in, who's apparently just finding a way to all of my favourite genres. Yes. Because she's the, the, the girl who can't speak English. So... Fair play to her. That's why. That's my number ten. Yeah. No, I, I get it. It's it's actually a lot of fun. It's, and you thought I'd put it on the worst list. I, I couldn't. Do I that genuinely too. thought for a second. I was like, I thought you were so mad at what the critics did that you would be like, you'd be self hating. No. no, it's it's quite competent. I still think it's a film that was written on the back of a napkin. Oh yeah, it's a ghost herd. Like, yeah. You don't know, think about it. Like it was just like, <laughs> well, that was fun. I need never see it again. They, but they pitched the concept and they went, yeah, sure, you yeah, you can make that. That's and driver fun. space. But also dinosaurs? Yeah. It's the future, but it's also the past. Oh! Yeah, fair he enough. He comes from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, it was technically a long time ago. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, yeah, actually. Uh, <laughs> it really is just Kylo Ren kills dinosaurs, isn't it? Star Wars dinosaurs. That's fine by me. So my number 10, my jackass pick, we already talked about it a little bit, is Shin Kamen Rider. Uh, I recognise it's not very good. Right. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Okay. But, but I really loved, like, the first half an hour. Right. Um, where it 
does something. So here's the thing about Hideaki Anno, right? Is that he's been doing all these remakes of uh, of like key uh, like Japanese icons. He did Shin so, Godzilla and Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman. Uh, he did the remake of Evangelion. What does Shin mean in Japanese? Kind of like new or true or okay. or pure. Yeah, right. Shin can mean a lot of things. Right, I've okay. always mean, meant it to be new. Not Shin Godzilla. Yeah, not Godzilla Shin. Right, okay. But people like Shin Godzilla. Uh-huh. People like Shin Ultraman. Yes. Evangelion remake people really vibe with. Uh-huh. Um, and Shin Kamen Rider was the last of these four right. Hideaki, Hideaki Anno Shin Japan uh, yes. projects. Um, and it's the one, obviously, I was the most invested in of the four. Fucking love Kamen Rider. Yes. This was Hideaki Aono going, do you remember Kamen Rider 1976? Yes. Or 73. 73. Because um, it's just a remake of, like, the first series. Right. Um, with a new ending. Uh-huh. Hence the Shin, I guess. And when it's doing that, when it's going, let's update, let's do a, a retro-feeling movie... Um, with all the same kind of beats and kind of like uh, orchestral scores of that 70s TV show. Yes. And then go, right, but now I'm going to make it incredibly gory and really kind of like mercurial. Right. And I'm like, I'm on board. The opening sequence is, it's the first Kamen Rider fight from the very first episode of the first series, but he can't control his new powers. Right. He's... He goes overboard. So, like, when, like... Because when you see all the stats of, like... Like, on in, like... When they make a comrade thing, like, kids get books and they go, yes. oh, the new comrade's got, like, a punching power of 1.3 gigaton. But right. they show that very actually. So, yes. when somebody who can punch with the power of 1.3 gigaton punches a man in the face, Hideaki Anno went, right, we're going to do that properly. Right. And dude sends people flying in a pool of fucking blood and gore. Right. And I'm like... Oh, we've not had this for a while. Okay. This was interesting. And I enjoyed that they, they did all the retro kind of like shonky camera zoom ins. There was uh-huh. a lot there's clearly a lot of love here. Right. Where it falls down is the new stuff. Ah. Cause it's not that great. The they, they get to a point where they introduce Kamen Rider number two. Uh-huh. And at that point the film stops being good. Right. And I had a, a good enough time for it to put it in the Jackass pick, because it was going to be Puss in Boots, but I went Puss in Boots is actually a good film mm. and doesn't deserve to be labelled as a jackass pick. So yeah. it's my number 11. Right. Whereas this is a jackass pick because I can't, I cannot recommend this film to anybody who isn't already a fan of Kamen Rider. Right. Doesn't already know about the original series. Yes. Can't appreciate the parallels. Uh-huh. But if you can, uh-huh. there's enough to like here. Happy days. Um, speaking of reinventing Japanese icons. Yes. I'm very good at the segues. Today. You are. Uh, Super Mario Bros. is at number nine. Yep. I, a surprise, to be sure. Uh, not, but a welcome one. But a welcome one. Not the surprise of the year, to be honest. There's, no. There's, a, there's one or two more to come. But um, in terms of what it could have been, mm. a Secret Life of Pets cash-in level thing. Yes. Pretty good. Like, I feel like they've burnt through... It's not a it's not a dangerous move in any way, shape, or form. No. It gives you every Mario cliche it can, mm. to the point where they've left nothing for the second movie which i'm like good yeah that's what i want we, we can then go and do i don't even know who the bad guy would be but wario maybe they haven't wario so i guess could do wario and your boy hopefully uh the boy i don't like waluigi so i don't think they'll put him in um mario tennis motherfucker <laughs> right but i think 
in terms of making like if you want to make the safest option of like a Mario movie that can be both good, mm. not great, doesn't need to be that, but like good and makes a lot of money. Mm. Problem solved, lads. You've yeah. executed that plan to perfection. Yes. And I think this is more how bad it could have gone because I'm thinking of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yes. I guess a sequel would be the proof of the pudding of like, right, you've, you've established the world now. Mm. Like all factors of it, including Mario Kart, which I didn't think you'd get to. No, although it was very pleasant to it, see it. It was a very fun sequence. Like I said, they, they've spunked... The, the war chest has gone now. Yes. They've got no new elements of the Mario universe to introduce. So what do you do in a second one? Mm. It's an interesting concept, but it is interesting because this first one lays a very solid foundation. It's it's more gratifying to know that now that they are going to go and make other movies and make yes. other things, notably the Legend of Zelda movie, mm. um, which I want to talk about for a second. Because okay. um, <laughs> uh, a friend of ours, friend of the show, Chris, has just got back into the podcast. Oh, good. So it's nice to have him. Welcome uh, back, Chris. Welcome back. Where the fuck have you been? Or, or possibly listening for the first time. I'm not sure which. I'm going to choose that, that he did actually listen when yes. he was helping us make them. Uh, but yeah, he sent me because uh, he listened to the Mario review, I yes. think it was. Um, we mentioned that, how the fuck do you do Legend of Zelda movie? Yes. He thinks he could cast it, and he sent me the following. Oh, go on. Um, he didn't, he didn't, I think he didn't give me a Zelda casting in the end. But he said, uh, Link, mm-hmm. Thomas Brody Sangster. Oh, does that sound familiar? Uh, oh, you didn't watch Pistol. He's been in a couple of things. He's He's, he's a weird looking kid. He looks old. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was um, these children read in uh, Game of Thrones. Yes, um, yeah. I think it's going to be Chalamet. I think they're going to oh. do. I think I think they're going to do Teen Link, and it's going to be Chalamet. That's what I think they're going to do. Personally, he does look. He has got some elf-like facial qualities. Yeah. It's. I'm not proud of it, but I think that's what he's doing. He said Ganondorf, Rahul Kohli from uh, what you call it. I, I zombie. He would be good. He's got a beard. He looks nice. That's cool. He's a cool guy. Imper Zoe Kravitz. I think they're going. He's going for more like a warrior imper as opposed to old lady imper. Right, as you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, have the goddesses played by Tilda Swinton. So, oh yeah, that works. I it it's it's so hard because you've got to nail down what link are we doing? Yeah, because there's so many that range range from like ten years old to like twenty two. Yeah, for like if you're doing like Twilight Princess Zelda Link, yeah, same thing with Zelda. Like I just, I it's an impossible task. I cannot fathom how they're going to do it. I'm excited to see the results because they ju- at some point they're just going to right. We've had enough discussion. This is what we're going to do. Yes, which is a point at which I've never got past. No matter how I've tried to think about, do you do it as a Netflix series? Do you do you know HBO high high TV? Do you do film? I just. There's too many options. I'm way, I'm too way down with it. I I can't remember if we actually talked about it yet because they got the guy who's doing the fourth Apes movie. Yes. The it's not Rise. It's not Dawn. Kingdom. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, set 300 years after, after Caesar. After Caesar, mm. and they they forgot who Caesar is apparently. I mean, it's a very 
Matt Reeves made them. And yeah. He makes high quality movies. Yes. So is the concept good or is Matt Reeves taking the concept and making it good? Yes, that's the question. Because the only other thing we have to go from this director is Maze Runner. And I've never seen the Maze Runner. No, me neither. So I don't, I don't know. So, oh God, I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. I'm so worried about but, it. But bring me back around to Mario. This was good. If this is if this is what Nintendo's involvement is, which is just make it the the the, the core essence of what the franchise is. Yes, it's looking good. Shigsy was on hand for this. He was. Shigsy's on hand for that. Yep. Have your ads also on hand for that? <laughs> You've now finished the MCU book. Yep. Made me more nervous than it should have been. Oh boy. He hasn't made exclusively terrible movies. But he does, when he gets to be in his body about something, yep. he's like, no, I will be making more Ghost Rider movies, yep. regardless of quality or, <laughs> bank, or, or box office. Uh, the back end of that book is just, and then Bob Chapek came and ruined oh, everything. Bob Chapek. Um, excellent book, by the way. You should read it. Yeah. Give it a go. Um, what was surprised is that how much we actually knew. Right. Yeah. Uh, how inside baseball me and you I are. I don't know if we, I was proud or upset about the fact that I, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I knew that. I yeah. want to do that. I need that. Um, your number nine, Michael. My number nine. I. This is an obligation pick at this point. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three makes it onto the top ten for for three very key reasons. Go on. One, the Rocket storyline is impeccable. Yes. I love everything they did with it. I love how they made it dark and depressing, but also very heartwarming. Yes. It felt like a closing chapter in that sense. Two, James Gunn's direction is still on point. Yes. I I think. He knows how to pace a movie. He knows how to make a set of characters work. They still feel like a family, even though there are now fractures in that family. And three, the hallway fight scene's just so good. Yeah. It's just so good. I really would have liked an older song than No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I would have liked a Motley Crue. Uh A a kickstart my heart would have been lovely in that scene. Yes. But, you know, it's just really good. I, I hate to do this to myself because deep down, I know I don't like the movie. Have you rewatched it yet? I haven't rewatched it. Right, okay. It's almost too sore to okay. do it. Right. Because I know I, I'm going to have to watch a crap Adam Warlock again. Mm. I know I'm going to have to watch an ending that has very little emotional weight because there are no real goodbyes. No. Even though we... like, And I think... I, th- I think James Gunn identifies, oh, cameo pool's a problem. I, I don't know. The main problem with superhero movies, this movie, this this current year, this current time, is that everything is afraid to close the book. Yes. James Gunn even said, this offers up an ending. Nice. I would argue it doesn't. Okay. Endgame is the only movie to have done that. It closed the book on Tony Stark. It closed the book on Natasha Romanoff, even though we had that kind of interim movie. Here's the, Black Widow. Yeah, here's the thing about the Black Widow movie, though. Even though we thought it was a bit shit, it it allowed us to bring back that character yes. and just have it be one and done rather yes. than just doing a pointless fucking cameo. Uh-huh. I would have liked the same respect paid to Star-Lord, okay. to Drax the Destroyer, mm. to Rocket, to Groot, to Gamora, to Adam Warlock, to all of these characters. Yes. And we're not getting that. Whilst it's, it's a goodbye to Guns Guardians... And it's a very good goodbye. And I'd say a, like a good 50% of that movie is absolutely impeccable. It's the other 50% that lets it down, which is right. why I can't put it higher. But real recognises real. And it is good. It's well made. Of all the superhero movies this year, this is easily the best one. I would agree because I've... Well, no. No. It's not the best superhero movie made this year. Is it not? 
Are you forgetting about Spider-Man? Don't worry, I'm not forgetting about Spider-Man. Don't worry, you'll 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 understand when we get to number one. Right. <laughs> is that a spoiler? You'll understand when we get to the top of the list. I mean, guess where mine is, Michael. <laughs> we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. Uh, I've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three at number two. Okay, but I don't have a whole lot to add on, and that other than obviously I liked it a lot more than you, you did. did. You did because uh, I came away. Like, I agree that like I had I had this problem with a few things this year. Where I, I don't know whether it just it didn't finish how I either foresaw or wanted it to. Mm. We'll get to this in the TV when I have to talk about ghosts. Mm. Of like, well, I I envisioned this going a different way. But I think the reason I preferred this is that my envisioning was, oh, they're all going to die for our sins. Mm. And I prepared for that. Mm. And as a, as cathartic in a strange way as that could have been, of like, no, we are actually taking them off the board yeah. and having them sacrifice themselves for friends and family. I I don't... It's that I, I don't think this is a lesser ending. It's right. a different ending. It's a different ending, yes. They went with the Scooby-Doo happy ending as opposed to the... End of 300, everyone's fucking killed by spears. Thing. Yeah. I, 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 again, I wasn't asking for a murder porn, but like. Yeah, but you, you, some level of finality, 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 as yes. opposed to let's all just listen to Florence and the machine and just be happy. Mm. And I was like, I don't know, but I was like, I, maybe because it was relieving that dread of like, oh, they actually did make it out. Mm. And I worked myself into enjoying the ending more than I probably would do on like a, you know, a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. Jeez, <laughs> um, a very, very poorly placed football analogy. Um, of like, just you know, I was happy at the end of it. Everyone got to live. Mm. The the annoyance of like, well, Star Lord will return. So, well, obviously, they're not going to let Chris Pratt go that easily. Yes. All the other ones, I guess, are too loyal to to Gunn and are just going to follow him to DC. Yep. Like Bradley Cooper's going to turn up. I'm, yep. I'm surprised none of them have been cast yet. It's coming. It's I, 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 I I felt like they, they were moments away from announcing who Plum Pom. Clementifa was going to be. Yeah, because they've said she's gone over, but they yeah, yeah, yeah but who. they just haven't said who she is. Yeah, but, um, but they've done Lex Luthor now, so that's good. Yeah, Nick Holt. I'm I'm quietly optimistic for that. I, I think prefer it, it as a, like a Jesse <laughs> Yeah, it makes more sense there because I've seen him do enough like wide variety of roles. I'm yeah. like, he's probably got that in the lock. I can conceivably believe he's going to play a complete dickhead because I haven't seen the menu. No, no. But that yet. was the one people were pulling from of like, that's probably the closest. Because I mean, Mad Max is a raving lunatic. Mm. Beast, he's cold, but in the on the good side of things, mm. he's more scientific than. I mean, Lex's very smart, but he's not like. Yeah. He's like fucking apex businessman. Yes. And then you've got like everything else, like warm bodies and Renfield and everything else. He's just been a comedy goofball. Even the great, he's like. Yeah. A, a powerful idiot. Mm. So he's not really done something that's like, well, that's that's the Lex. Yes. Like here, everyone's saying, like, oh, well, obviously you cast, um, uh, oh, bloody hell, uh, Walter White. Uh, oh, Cranston. Cranston has it because yeah. well, that's that's Lex Luthor. Just just do that. Mm. Um, it's very interesting. I like how he's not he's against cameo porn yet. That movie has got a lot of ancillary <laughs> people that are like. Do we need to have Mr. Terrific in a Superman movie? I was about to say that. Do we need all of the authority in this? Do we need <laughs> fucking Guy Gardner Green Lantern <laughs> yeah. in a Superman movie? All right. Mm. All right, Guy. I trust you. I have absolute faith because you keep putting out movies like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. Beautiful. Right. I have to go back down to this now to yep. number eight. This is where we find John Wick Chapter 4. Mm. Um, I think it's... After the first one, I think it's my favourite of the sequels. Yes. Because it's not deeply mired in all of the 
of the world and and, mm. and all the the assassination world and stuff. It's still there, but I feel like they found the better balance here. Yes, of like it's not all encompassing and confusing and like oh it's all these weird little nuances of the world. It's just the council have set this bloke to go and fetch you, to go and kill you even. Let's see how that plays out for yes. you. Fucking the action's never been the problem. The action is stellar here. We get some awesome stuff in Japan. We get to have Donnie Yen be convincingly blind again. Yep. Um, <laughs> point again, I have to keep questioning. Like, I forgot about yeah, I forgot about Donnie Yen stuff he, in he's this. Fucking excellent. He's so in good in this. Just get him to play a blind geezer who's a badass and everything will be fine. Um, I'm yeah. wondering whether I should put this back into the top 10 because it's currently. Oh, is it not? It exited last night. Ah, fair to, enough. To make way for something that shot right up the charts. Gotcha. Um, I, I I think it's it's brilliant. We do have a full review for this. Mm. I won't give spoilers here, no. but I would like this to be the last one. We are getting the spin-off next year. Yes, Ballerina. Uh, ballerina with Anna de Armas in it, so well, we'll see where that goes. I mean, we all like Anna de Armas. We all do like Anna de Armas, but um, yeah, I, I, I think this is the best balance of everything it could have done and leaves it in a nice place. And I'm like, great, cool. I'm done with the John Wick franchise for now. Brilliant. Let's move on. Yeah, you are right. It is the best of the sequels by far. I, I'd say so, yeah. The over, it's the overhead uh, house uh, dragon breath round shotgun fight. Oh, I forgot about that one because like, in my written version, I said the stairs bit is the best, but no, it is the overhead. The bit stairs the, bit is narratively rich for being a fucking yes. punch up, but the over yes. the head. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, Hotline yeah, yeah. Miami shit. That's oh, so yeah. good. Uh, my number eight then is Saltburn. No, I I've heard this get like a late run. Yes, but all I know about it is Barry Keown gets his Barry Keok out and that's that's all I know about it <laughs> and that it is in fact his dick it, that's all I know about Saltburn and I can confirm he's fucking hung um, oh. dude's packing so Barry Hall <laughs> <laughs> Barry Hyung <laughs> there you go that's um, apparently it's pronounced Kyogen like it should oh. be Kian but like he says it's just easier if, if uh, everybody says Kyogen, so I'm saying Kyogen. But we're not stopping this gag. No. It's one of my favourites. So it's always going to be Barry regardless. every time. Um, <laughs> this is not for everyone. Okay. It really isn't. What's I- it about? So, Barry Kyung, he yeah. plays a um, like somebody who's just going to uh, Oxford University, yes. like a freshman in Oxford University. Mm-hmm. And he... He's in a situation where he meets uh, Jacob Lordy's character, Felix, who is a very rich toff. Right. Um, Things happen. I won't spoil all the plot particulars. Yes. But he's invited to spend the summer at Felix's family home of Saltburn, which is the name of this big stately home. Uh Um, And whilst he's there, he basically tries, because he says, uh, one of the very first few lines of the movie is, um, I wasn't in love with him, but I did love him. Mm. So it's there's a kind of a queer romance going on, mm. but then things slip quite okay. a lot, mm-hmm. and the motivations for Barry Keown's character to be there and to remain in Saltburn as long as is possible, yes, he's uh, kind of the makes up the twist and tw- turns of the drama of the movie. Right, I I describe it as a very anarchic film. Okay, I describe it as a film that looks at uh, class and uh, kind of deception and love in very interesting ways. 
it doesn't what it lacks and this is why it's so low down compared mm. to Emerald Fennell's previous movie Promising Woman which was my second favourite movie of 21 yes um is it is it lacks that emotional punch? Right. Like, you know, when you know, when you stand back and look at Promising Woman, you know exactly what it's about, despite the fact the the word rape is never used once in the script. Despite oh, the fact that you know that that's what the film's about. Makes it so and the fact that the, the lead character in that movie is 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 like he's out, she's out of line, but she's right. Yes. It's almost an inverse situation in Saltburn, and I yes. won't spoil it. I'm not sure you'll watch it because okay. I think it's it's slightly too weird for me. It's on that cusp. I, I think right. it's a slower burn. It's a slower okay. salt burn ah. Ah, than than because Promising Woman comes in hard straight away, right? And he's like, "No, you're all fucking wrong, and I'm right." It's got one of the best opening fifteen minutes of any film it's figure I've ever so seen. So fucking Brilliant. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all of the things that made Promising Woman such a interesting film to look at yes. are in Saltburn. Right. It's a very beautifully shot movie. It's shot in 4-3, which yes. is my only gripe because it's just it feels like Academy Awards screen aspect ratio. Right. Um, but they framed the house lovely. There's some really interesting shots that play with colour in a very fun way. Mm. It's not really until the last 20 minutes where things start to go click, 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 and you right, go, right. oh my Christ, that's what this film was about. Right, okay. That puts it up here. And of course, the ending scene um, where you get to see Barry's Kiyok is, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. That's why he's he can dress that loud. Yes. He's got the confidence to do so. <laughs> the, the, the lad has big dick energy. <laughs> because. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's good. I, I would say if you if you do if you, if you have promising woman in your mind yes and you're ready for something that's not quite as good but by the end kind of has a good run yeah yeah give it a shot okay but it is it is a much more twisted film it's less in your face and it's less confrontational right. which is why it's not as good in my opinion gotcha okay so we managed to get round having to put Jonathan Majors in the top ten for mm. um. Ant Man, yeah. Unfortunately, Creed Three is also in Creed Three, yeah. <laughs> which is where we find Creed Three at number seven, yeah. Um, this is the thing. As we said earlier, things can be two things. He is a great actor. He is a bellin, like he's an, an abhorrent piece of shit. That's fine. Mm. He's he's good in this. Put on a lot of fucking pounds for this. Oh, I'm gonna miss talking about Prison Thick, John. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I suppose. I mean, it's appropriate. It's appropriate. Yeah, maybe he knew when he was just getting prepared. Um, so he, in this, he's playing Adonis's Creed's like former friend who was always a better boxer than him. Basically, they they went out um, when they were kids. They got into trouble with the law. Um, Jonathan Major's character took the rap basically for Adonis Creed and kept him out of jail he's been there ever since um and he's got out now and he's just adonis creed's obviously on top of the world he's champion of the world etc biggest boxer in the world and um i can't remember the guy's name now that's annoying. jonathan may just comes to him and says can you just throw me a bone you know what i mean does so and then jonathan may just immediately like oh i'm coming for everything like he starts training his boxing wins his first match and to me like i challenge him for the title immediately and he wins <laughs> and it's it's your Rocky three mm. of Creed gets knocked off the top because he's got too complacent and now has to go and beat Jonathan Majors in the top. It's it's good. It's a good character study. They have very good chemistry with each other. And the final fight, 
because this is the first one that um, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan has directed himself. Yes, no, Ryan Coogler. Well, no, Coogler produced, I think. He did, yes, but this is the first one doing it himself. It's also the first Rocky thing without Sylvester Sloan in. Of course. Because he's at odds with them now. Oh. Um, because they're like not giving him... He invented it, essentially, but MGM have basically taken it away from him and he's mm. not happy. Um, and they had to fucking skirt around that on the... Uh, on the uh, what's it called? On the hype trail. They mm. had to like, oh, no, it's fine. Everything's great. We're just moving away. It's a new direction, new direction. Um, because Michael B. Jordan's such a weeb, he basically said, I've basically made an anime boxing match at the end. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> like, it is, even by Rocky standards the most stylized because ah. there comes a bit where they just go hyper like unrealistic and the the audience is not there mm. they're boxing in an empty room mm. it's the same fight as the main fight but like they get rid of all the crowd and it's his proper shot like an anime fight and it works yeah it works really well i think i wouldn't want this as the style going forward but as a way to differentiate it from the other eight Rocky movies, <laughs> well, six Rocky movies, two Creed movies. It's a nice way of just separating it out. It feels like a nice balance between the kind of, the gritty realism of the first one mm. and then the, now nah, let's just tap into the Rocky Four energy of Creed 2 where it's like, no, we have to go fight the, um, <laughs> we have to go fight um, Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago's son, even. Yeah, it's a um, shame we've already we've already spunked the Drago thing in Creed too. A little bit, yes. He does turn up again in this movie, but it's like just for like a, a cameo show that they're fine now, mm. they're friends. But yeah, it's it's nice. I don't know. There's always more Rocky movies you can make because you just well pick another big bloke and we'll fight them. Mm. But I'd be okay if this is like hey, we could tell this for now. I don't feel there's a there's a great need. There's nothing to prove after this movie to now go on and do. Oh, you don't want to watch Creed Prevent a War like Rocky did. I would like to see Creed Prevent a War. <laughs> well, he's already fought a Russian, so you yeah. can't go do that again. Um, all the best boxers in the world are Ukrainian, but I guess they're not going to make them the bad guys. Mm. So I don't know. But yeah, I'd like it to end there. But if it did, it was a good ending and a nice a nice solid trilogy of a pretty um, consistent quality yeah the crew produced i haven't seen this one yet um which you, you'd think i would because when he said i basically made dragon ball z at the end i'm like yes oh i mean but like i didn't it, actually get around to it i would wait for it to be free on something mm. but do give it a go like it is a very it's like all rocky movies they're like they're an easy watch they're not like a burden or anything but mm. yeah it's uh it's pretty good sweet so that makes my number seven uh blackberry and i am annoyed i haven't seen this it's a it's actually really really good and right. i think the standout bit is always going to be Glenn Harrington. Yes. Just going ham on these scenes. Right. Like cold-blooded, just shark of a man playing, um, oh, what's his name? Jim Balsillie, I think that's right. his name. And, of course, they, they, they broach the ball silly thing. Ah. And that's very much the reason why he's a very angry man. Right. Okay. He wants to be taken very seriously. Okay. He's the alpha male. Glenn Harrington's so good in this. Uh-huh. Like it, this is the performance that made me think if they not that they're going to, but if yes. they did cast him as Reed, I would be the happiest man. Right. He would be so good as this complete narcissist. Right. Um other, other good performances in this as well. So the the there's um Oh no, I've forgotten his name. He was in This Is the End, uh Jay Baruchel. Oh yeah, yeah. So he is the actual founder of um 
It's not advanced idea mechanics. That's aim. Um, it's something. There's a name like that before they become BlackBerry, where they right. where they're trying to introduce this part, um, like this this device. Yeah, yeah. That is basically like why why would I want that when a Palm Pilot exists or something yeah. like that? And they they have a couple of jumps in time in this movie to show how big BlackBerry got and the way that they circumvented the. Uh, the kind of the restrictions of the of the mobile networks at the yes. time, and what's interesting is to know, actually, it's kind of BlackBerry that changed the way that mobile phone plans work nowadays. Eh. People don't want minutes; they want data. Yes, and it's because of the loophole in the system that BlackBerry found for the BlackBerry Messenger, and right. how that became the pioneer in the in kind of like business communications. Yeah, yeah. is a very interesting story. It's also a very sharp downfall story, right? And that's the bit where the movie really shines because mm-hmm. it like everything goes to shit the day they announce the iPhone, <laughs> and ah. it's it's so satisfying. But like it, not even in a way that like I, you know, like I've got a side in this story, but yeah. like to have someone like Jim Bolsley yes. fall the way he does uh-huh. after all the shit he's done is gratifying, right? And the ending is is very. Uh, uh, do you plan on watching this one? I think I do, yes. I mean, do you remember when BlackBerry were like, we're bringing out a touchscreen phone? No. Okay, they tried. It was a pile of dog shit. Oh. I wanted one as a kid. Uh, um, I had a BlackBerry. You had a BlackBerry? I had a BlackBerry. Very temporarily, one of my, like, those the second or third phone I ever had huh. was a BlackBerry, and it was a piece of shit. <laughs> Awful. It was very. It had a very specific market, and and they show that in the movie yeah, that yeah. It, that it very much like is for the people wandering round like fucking Washington DC. And yeah, all that. yeah. But 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 it was a big presence. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is to see kind of like the both sides of the uh, the, the the Silicon Valley or what would later become the Silicon yes. Valley world of just this was just dudes being dudes playing doom enjoying their time yeah yeah and also the most powerful people on the planet right have we handed over our you know society to a, a bunch of children oh wait no here's jim bolsley who is literally like the devil the devil right um, yeah there's some great performances it's a very engrossing movie in terms of product movies this year this one actually felt like it was about characters right okay. it actually felt like there was a genuine human drama and not just, I need to make a good shoe. <laughs> Still not over how bad air was. Um, right. Yeah, but no, this this is an easy recommendation. I just want to say, from here up, like this is a good film. Yes. From here up is actually fantastic movies. And I think there was, there was a very big mire of, this is pretty good this year. Yes. Like, you know, your, your Jack Aspect being 65. He was pretty good. It was fine, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Guns of Galaxy 3, he was pretty good, mm. in my opinion. Um, but, like, from here on up, we have got stellar goddamn movies. Right, okay. I would say my stellar movies start at five, mm. so here comes number six. Not to damn it with faint praise, but Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is not a great movie. Right. But it does everything I needed it to do. Right. And then go away. Mm. Like, as an, as an apology film <laughs> for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it's ace. Even if it's arguable... This has something even more mental in it than Aliens. Time travel. You know it's time travel. You know it's time travel. It's time travel. And not just like time travels like back to like World War One, like back to the Mesopotamian War and Socrates. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you intend to watch it? At some point. But no, I like... won't tell you any more. If, if it would sound funny, please do it. 
Oh, no, 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 that, that's all you need to know. Okay. He said, you go back, I think it's Socrates you mean. <laughs> that. It's Bill and Ted, but Indiana Jones. Or... It's Indiana Jones. Okay. So right. they they go out of their way, out of their way, to tell you that uh, Shia LaBeouf is dead. <laughs> Gone. Was killed in the war. Uh, no, no that, that's all you need to know about his character. Um they they pivot instead into um, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, not Indiana Jones' daughter, it's his goddaughter, mm. uh, from Toby Jones, who oh, turns okay. up. So the first bit of this movie is um, a D.H. Harrison Ford and Toby Jones on a train mm. with um, Matt Mickelson. Okay. Um, it's good. It's a nice sequence. The de-aging's pretty good, as long as it's not under a harsh light. Yes. <laughs> then it's like... Nyeh. Then it's a bit... Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's a bit <laughs> uncanny valley, but it, it, as, as de agents go, pretty good. Because mm. that was in the the MCU thing, wasn't it? Like they, the um, there's basically the, one the company, Sam, the Sam Jackson de agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. one company that does all the de aging work in Hollywood because mm. they did it on Charles and Magneto in X Men Three and just got better ever since. Yeah, thank God. Um, so they do, they do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It lo- it looks like. Temple of not Temple of Doom. It looks like Last Crusade. Harrison oh well, okay. Ford, so pretty dope there. Um, they're finding this Dial of Destiny. They don't know what it does, but it does something important and time travel. Um, and it, it's just a good time. Mm. It doesn't do anything all that unique. There's a few. There's a nice chase sequence. There's a nice bit of action. They don't go as mental in terms of what Harrison Ford can do. Mm. Like, like the, he's still much more active than he actually probably is in real life. Like he's riding a horse down into the subway and stuff like that, and, and <laughs> punching people. But they don't go as he. There's no Indian fridge thing in this. Okay, so there's nothing that mental. It's a bit more realistic of what he can do. But you know, it's swashbuckling. They play the theme ad nauseum. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge actually, this is probably the my favourite thing she's ever been in because I just don't like Fleabag all that much. Um, she's a very welcome presence here. Does a good job. No Kiki Juan, which is annoying. I think it came too late in in his resurgence. His resurgence to yeah. have him come in as like, no, I'm his actual son. <laughs> but yeah, like I, it did exactly what I needed it to do, and for that it gets number six. Oh, and from go. here on out, excellent, excellent movies. Yes. Um. So the first of the excellent, excellent movies. Yes. And at risk of this this podcast becoming very Deep. Oh. I will make this very quick. Okay. Uh, still a Michael J. Fox movie. It's my number six. Barbie. <laughs> but it affected me very personally. No. Um, still a Michael J. Fox movie. You know, most people who know me knows that my dad suffers from Parkinson's. Yes. And I use the word suffers. Yeah. He doesn't have Parkinson's. He suffers, suffers from, from right. Parkinson's. It is a piece of shit thing in this world. Yes. Um, and what still does is is reflect that back of me. Mm. Some of the things that I recognise, right. so a few things that haven't happened yet that terrify me. Right, but they've happened to a very funny man. Right, and they've happened to somebody who it feels very. How should I put this? Michael J. Fox is a very clever person. Yes. Michael J. Fox is a very funny person with uh, fantastic comedic timing. Was yes. a great talent. He's a great talent still. Yes. And to see him carrying on to work, mm. trying to do as many voice roles as he can, yes. 
whilst dealing with this mm-hmm. and the film not having two bones about it and yep. not just not treating it as this great tragedy yes. but treating it as this is a shitty thing that happened to me yes and now i'm going to carry on is genuinely it's uplifting right in in a very bittersweet way mm-hmm. v- about 20 minutes so into the kind of like the, the back end of the movie. So you're talking about about like 20 minutes from the ending, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, it's the it, it's the the sentence that the doctors tell um, MJF, the good MJF. Uh, hey, <laughs> no, I mean like the good natured MJF. Oh, right, MJF, yeah, yeah. MJF is a piece of shit heel. Yes, he is. Not this MJF, who's uh-huh. a cool guy. A good guy. Um, they say this is this ain't a fight you win, you always lose. Right. But then to see him still have a loving family still yes. be working as best as he can yes and for his victories to change from box office greats to yes. finally walking across a room unaided right I, I i have to tell you i did watch the last third of the movie basically through a veil of fucking i tears. am not surprised it's it's a very profound very candid look right at something that I th- I think more people should watch to understand whilst the whilst a disease like this won't define you. No. It it un- invariably changes your outlook, your yeah. way of doing things. Um I'm I'm going to stop there because otherwise I'm going to get a little bit emotional. But, okay. But I I, I it's, it's a very important film to me and not only is it kind of a view of my reality and my dad's very unfortunate reality yeah there's a line in this which really fucked with my head and it was and it happens very very early on yeah it's when his um pinky finger starts auto animating and it's the onset of his parkinson's and he looks and says that's not my goddamn hand right i'm like oh fuck it got me it's very heavy in much the same way movies that talk about dementia are heavy to to you (laughs) we don't need to remember that bit in logan no so imagine that but like it's it's like even closer to home it's just very stark it's very upfront they don't sugarcoat it but i think that's what makes it great right no way to segue into pussy boots the last week (laughs) here we go here we go (laughs) so it's a movie i forgot Technically came out for us this year. It's the Coco special. It's the Coco immediately special. moved up to number five. <laughs> well, it's better than Indiana Jones. And it's better than Creed. Yep. It's better than John Wick. Yep. It's pushing bits of last week, which has no fucking right being as good as it is. <laughs> no. Nope. The arrogance, the arrogance of this movie to be a spin-off sequel ten years in the making yep. and be... I'd probably say of the Shrek franchise, now the third the, best one. I'd say second. Well, Shrek 2 is pretty Shrek, good. Shrek 2. Shrek and 2. Shrek 1's probably still number one. I, I think Shrek 1's been memed to death. Whereas, like, I'd say Shrek 2's actually genuinely a great movie. Right. And then there's this. Then there's this. Which has no it right. It goes so hard on everything it tries to do. It's the opening sequence more than anything else. Madness. What the fuck? Like, Madness. We're going to do a Spider-Verse level scale and animation style fight and make it a fucking musical. You starring pussy boots. You mad bastards. I I was so excited to watch this. And I was like, just out of morbid curiosity, like, it can't actually be that good, right? It can't be. A Hollywood will not allow this level of circumstance to come together and still be good. Yep. It's 
so it's good. It's so fucking good. It's got one of the best, vi- like maybe even the best villain of the, I'm going to say, it's got the best villain of the entire year. Which one? Death. De- yes, the actual concept of death. Yes. <laughs> fucking terrifying. I was like, this has a, a wisecracking donkey who talks about bushes shaped like Shirley Temple. Like, yep. why, are we, why are we dealing with this yeah. now? Oh, look, it's the personification of death as a terrifying wolf. <laughs> oh, I am so, so jazzed if they go and put this level of energy into a Shrek 5. Mm. Of like, don't reboot it, go and do this. Yep. Do this again, but have all them come back as well and increase the fun tenfold. Yeah. Oh, Boy, I was not ready for this movie. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It has such a good message about the whole thing. Puss in Boots looks like a fucking badass in the end. He was like, no, I don't give a shit. I'm going to face death right the fuck now and yep. I'm fight him. <laughs> After spending, it's a great like reflection on like uh, being a hero, what it means to be a hero. Like, mm. Puss in Boots is genuinely running for his life the entire movie. Yep. That is the premise here. He's terrified of the thing. He's going to run away from it the whole time. Yep. I love that they do the whole, you've expended your nine lives. Yes. And he, he comes about literally a whisker, yes. whisker close to the, the end of his life and bottles it yep. for like an hour. I'm like, this is this is so interesting for a Shrek spin-off sequel. The first one is so puddle-like. It's shite. Like, it's not shite. Like, it's, 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 it's what you expect. It's mm. like, okay. That's what I thought this was going to be. I suppose be. it's not Shrek the Third. Nothing so. is Shrek the Third. <laughs> Surprisingly good, actually, like consistent level of quality in the Shrek franchise because they've only got one out and out bad movie. Well, the rest of them are good. Mm. Shrek Four is Shrek Four is pretty fun, pretty good. So yeah, bring this level to Shrek Five. Yes, and it will be a happy man. So that's number five. Excellent. My number five is Bottoms. I. The other one I'm annoyed that you mentioned that I haven't seen yet because yeah. you did recommend this, but I cannot get it for free anywhere. No, no, it's not. I uh, <laughs> found ways to uh, ah. get around that if you were uh, on board. Gotcha. <coughs> Torrent. Yes. So <laughs> it's it's really good. It's it's really goddamn good. Um, it's very chaotic. It's very anarchic. Mm. It it is very irreverent. It has no regard for telling something in a, in a straightforward way. When it chooses to not do things that even pertain to reality, it does them. If it thinks it's going to get a laugh out of you, it does it. And that's why I admire about it. Yes. That's why it feels like, and knowing that it takes inspiration from One Hot American Summer mm. makes it all the better. Especially at the ending, where it goes full-on Anchorman multi-fight. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's oh. so funny. I appreciate that, like, there's also the angle of looking at it is that is it the best um, LGBT film of the year? Yes. Is it the best feminist film of the year? Fucking yes, obviously. Right. It's the first one to take its characters. And although these this is a heightened reality full of fucking weirdos and stupid assholes, uh-huh. the, your lead two characters are still inherently flawed people, yes. sometimes shitty people that do the right thing for the wrong reason. And that is so, so more interesting than just doing the isn't everybody miserable and oppressed fucking fair again? Right. Okay. It's just, these are, these are the people they are. Sometimes they're shitty. Sometimes yep. they're good. Most of the time, they're fucking hysterical. Especially uh, y- your girl from The Beer. Um, Ayo Adabiri, she plays... Uh, oh, no, I've forgotten her name in The Bear. The sous chef. The sous chef, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's fucking great in this. She's yeah. hysterical in this. Like, she's right. really gets some of the biggest laughs of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, the gaggle of uh, girls that join the self-defense club as, yes. as like, kind of, like, a dodgeball-style 
like set of caricatures uh-huh. are all hysterical. There's the one that's like a bit too into the fight and a bit too bloodlusty mm-hmm. who gets a really good payoff at the end. Right. It's so much fun. I can't recommend it enough. It's difficult to tell you all my favourite funny bits because I don't want to spoil don't. it. I might have to end up paying for this. Um, <laughs> yep. It's it's that good. Right. It's that funny. I think at the I think three of their top four is identical. I think it might be. So at number four I've got Barbie. Okay. Um, um I'm gonna guess well, I know Spider Man I know where Spider Man is. I'm gonna guess Dungeons and Dragons is similarly in this top four. It is in this top four. Right. So I've got Barbie at number four. Right. Um we have got a full review of this. We I, have. We've got full reviews of all of these movies. In fact, um, probably the is it the funniest movie of the year? It's between that and Dungeons and Dragons. Over which one's probably the funniest? I yeah yeah, it's a close call. This probably had the biggest weirdly the biggest impact on my life because I never find every opportunity I can for Rachel to tell me something, and I walk to another room and go sublime <laughs> and then come back yes um, which is excellent it's got the best character of the year mm. in ken ken is fantastic um, I, I can't believe he didn't manage to get christmas number one based on them doing i'm just ken right. the christmas version should have been like if e17 can do this and yep. get away with it uh then show can this but yeah it's so good it's the one i've tried to recommend to the most amount of people because it's the one i feel like most people are apprehensive about it because it's the Barbie movie. Mm. Essentially, it is the Barbie movie. And it's not like a complete subversion of that. Mm. It is still very much a product movie. Mm. But it's maybe one of the best, if not the best of all time, in terms of taking it. Lego its... movie. Ah, oh, Lego movie. Yeah. yeah, fair. Okay. It's it's up there. You know what's a medal position? It's, a, it's in a medal position. I will give it that. It has, much like with Puss in Boots, it has no right to be this good. Yeah. And I'm so glad it's here. Yeah. Um, so that's at number four for you. Yes. My number four is Dungeons and Dragons. Right. That's my number things. three. Um, so let's let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It's again no right being this no good. No right to be this good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it shouldn't have been given the track record that uh, Dungeons and Dragons has had at the box office. My Christ, we could have done so much oh, worse. Oh yeah. This one just kept coming back up. And I remember how jazzed you were when we reviewed it. And I was pretty happy. I was pretty content. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a low medal, like a low top 10 yeah, yeah. for me. I was like, oh, no, actually, no, I really did love the scene with the resurrection tablet thing. Yeah. Not at the ending, when they're in the graveyard, um, just reanimating the, 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 the corpses, corpses and getting final questions. Yep. I fucking love that. The The... I, I really enjoyed the plan. I really enjoyed that it's a group of people. It felt more like a and d game because it's just a group of five fucking idiots. Yes. It was so much fun. Yes. I really loved the, as they start to execute the plan at um, Neverwinter, and then you get the 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 face-melting yes. comedy. So, it, yeah, it had the goofball comedy. Yes. It had very smart writing. Yes. It had a lot of fun performances, mostly from Sophia Lillis and Justice Smith. Who I yeah. really enjoyed as this very awkward set of teenagers yes. hanging around with these old people. Yeah. You've got everything that uh Reggie Jean Re- Yeah, Reggie Jean Page did. Reggie Jean Page. Not, not Reggie Jean Paul. <laughs> everything that he did, up to and including Oh, is he gonna go round the- Oh no, straight over the right. Okay, yep. Loved everything he did. Hugh Grant is a great dickhead villain. He really is. He's having a wonderful time. He did have a wonderful time on one good. He's telling everyone about it. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I was fucking miserable the entire time I was on that set. Um, like, 
everything works. Yes. I love the fact, like, I, I, someone mentioned this and I, I want to rewatch it just to see if you, because I, I believe it, but like, you can see the probability rolls yes. happening in real time of yes. like Michelle Rodriguez's character always nailing what she needs to do and just cleaving for people yeah. and Chris Pine doing the opposite and just constantly <laughs> yeah. having things go wrong for him. I rolled a one, I rolled a one. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe it's, a, it's just Chris Pine is the anti-Mark Wahlberg of just, if yeah. he's in stuff, it tends to be good. Yeah, remember when he turned up in the first Star Trek film? Right? Yeah. And those are good Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah. Like Justice Smith, similarly, I don't think I've yeah. ever seen anything that... The live-action really... Pikachu thing would never work. Oh, wait, Justice Smith fucking nails it. Just brilliant. Like, he's in Fallen Kingdom, mm. which is... Uh, he's not the problem, he, No, no, no. It's, it's the most average of the Jurassic Park franchise. Yes. Like, it's it's fine. It's two two better movies slammed together to make a lesser hole. Mm. But he wasn't in Dominion, so right now tell I he's in right at the start of Dominion, but then he leaves, and he's very much not the problem with that movie. Yeah, yeah. Everything about this this whole cast is just, great. Um, this lost so much money. It did. It breaks my fucking heart. That really does make it a problem. Well, like, there is talk about them because of the critical response. There is talk about them getting a TV series. A TV series would work. I think a an animated, like a high end animated mm. thing, could really work for this. What's the guys' names who wrote this? Because they're the ones to keep your eye on. Because they were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Spleef and Spleef. I think oh, is it is one of them called Goldstein, or am I thinking of that terrible duo that made Epic Movie? Uh, uh, Dungeons. Right, so you've got you've got Jonathan Goldstein. Yep. John Francis Daly and Michael Gillow. Yep. All three of them. Bradley Cooper's in this movie. <laughs> Brad Bradley Cooper's in this movie, and he is in for death by snoo snoo. Yes. Having said that, Vin Diesel somehow isn't in this movie, despite being an outspoken D and D. I'd have thought he'd been. He's written D and D, but he's written introductions for D and D books. I thought he was nailed on. Mm. Michelle Rodriguez is right there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's like, um, it's like the letter went to the wrong person in the uh, oh, the Fast oh, and Furious yeah, pigeon. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I love it. Like I say, I am very annoyed if it doesn't get a sequel. This will go into the dread category of like, how is this not got a sequel? Yeah. Oh, if it the, really is this the, year's dread, isn't it? If the boys is wrapping up soon, mm. Carl, I'm speaking to you directly now. Yeah. It's time to put that goodwill to use. Like, do you like Carl Urban? Do you want to see him in an action movie? I've got one for you, lad. Yep. Dread 2. Let's fucking go. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying, let's get Carl Urban in the sequel for this. I'm like, I mean, also that. let's do that. Also that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's about time to lose. Because, like, the first episode of What If, mm. like, it's essentially Blade Runner, but because I've never seen Blade Runner, I was like, oh, this is just Judge Dread. They're trapped in a city. <laughs> they're like, they're basically, they're, the Nova Corps has to seal off um, Nova Prime mm. uh, from uh, 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 fucking um, the Judge guy. Um, the judge guy running the accuser running the accuser um, and they've been trapped in there for like years mm. and it's like Mega City 1 basically I was like this is everything I want this thing to be <laughs> um, so yeah please do that right so that was my, that's my number 3 uh, yep. we've already talked about my number 2 that being Guardian of the Galaxy so yep. you've now got a clear run until we have to talk about uh, I presume joint number 1 we'll see uh, so number 3 for me is Barbenheimer oh a joint? A joint third position. I've never realised I'm very happy I didn't fulfil my plan the other day, which would have been watching Godzilla Minus One, followed by Napoleon. 
That would have been a long, oh, long time <laughs> in the cinema. <laughs> Almost as long as this recording session is going to be. Probably. Um, what we all name? Two hours two 20. Two hours 20. Fucking hell. Fantastic. Let's okay. do it quick then. Right, okay. Got so two more to do after You've this. already said everything great about Barbie. Yes. For every opposite reason, Oppenheimer is just as good. Right, okay. It is, it is not fun. It is not camp. It no. is a stark look at the lies and deceit that functions within the paranoia yes. in American society. But also, it is a personal look at the almost like morality downfall of um, of Oppenheimer himself. Yes. There are fantastic performances up and down. I would not be surprised if both Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr., Robert Downey Jr. especially, yes. don't get nominated for Oscars. It would be a crime if they weren't. They are both wonderful mm-hmm. i think florence Pugh does something very interesting in this as uh as, as the other woman uh in the relationship i am sorry can i push for one second yes i would like to i want to bring up a conversation i want to pin, point out that this woman this conversation was brought up and driven by a woman in right the, pub the other day okay that there was a full-on discussion about the exact shape of um florence Pugh's um and um front or back sorry uh front okay and they were described, the consensus was Santa hats. <laughs> Until someone right. else, the the actual winning vote came late in yeah. of, like, the noses of the people in the village in the Grinch. Of the whose <laughs> noses. Of, like, 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 shapely, but then they come to a very defined point and then recede. Right. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but I have another reason. Because <laughs> I need to probably go, hmm, yes, they are shaped like the whose noses. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, that's quite nice, right? Nice. I mean, it isn't it's horrific, but still. <laughs> no, you can't watch the Grinch again. If I mean, it's true. I mean, it's it's the fucking year for seeing most most of the if I dare enter pink corner, most of the fit people getting the kit off. We're in a golden age. If that's your, if that's your deal, we sure are. I mean, I'm including Barry Kiel in that. Barry oh, Kiel and Florence Pugh. Yeah, there we go. We had them both. We that got there. Please the pervs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that the, the Oppenheimer script was written in the first person? No. So the occasionally hey, what? Yeah, they wrote the the script in the first person, and the bit the sex scene just put just says interior bedroom. We are fucking and fucking is in all caps. Oh. <laughs> it's fucking great. Um, yeah, no, it's genuinely excellent. The the scene where they do the Trinity test, yes, is fucking astounding. Uh-huh. It's so good. There's a real weight behind this movie. And it it feels in but <laughs> sorry oh, no. you see oh, no. you see the the guy recording in the screen of like just before the the bomb goes off and there's like that second between hitting the button and the bomb going off and someone farts no perfectly <laughs> 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 okay, we're finding that after the I show. I don't usually find fart jokes funny, but that one <laughs> that one really worked for me. Uh, and sorry, ob- and obviously. Barbie is just as good for yes. every other reason. It's very great. The Barbenheimer thing oh. got very stale to the at the point of release. It was a fun joke when we made it. Yes, the December before the release. Yes, I got fucking sick of it by July. Oh yeah, but I can't deny. Like I can't because of that phenomenon. I can't separate them. No, which is why I had to put them in yes. the same position because they are equally great. For very polarizing reasons. Right, okay. Wonderbar, number two. Number two, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Okay. I implore hell, you. I need to put this on the list, I don't I? Impl- this sat at number one 
until something happened. Until I know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's all at once just hysterical and strange and heartwarming and heartbreaking, and and the the ending is just so rewarding to me. It's so warm and fuzzy. But then my favorite bit is just Marcel the shell finally goes outside of the house he's been living in and realizes how fucking big everything is. Right. And throws up in the car several times. And it's because okay. he's a one inch shell. It's just like this tiny bit like that. Yeah. And Jenny Slate's voice, I think her voice work could get irritating. Yes. There's a bit on she's on Conan this year, um, before Conan finished. Right. And did the Marcel voice because there's a scene where where Marcel is singing Landslide by um, Fleetwood Mac. Yes. And when you look at her doing that voice, you're like, there's no way I could listen to like a full movie of this. Right. And then all, and then when this very charming stop motion animation is, is on top. Yes. Something unlocks and it's completely magical. Uh-huh. It's so engrossing. You get so invested in the... Very small scale story of a sentient fucking trinket, right? And it's it's genuinely a beautiful movie. Is it? I mean, you see Dan Castaneda do the Homer voice without the the animation to help. Yeah, it was c- like completely disquieting. Yeah, you, that's not Homer's voice. Yes, yeah. not that's that's like a very poor impression of Homer. Yeah, but if you had the thing over the top, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's Homer. Yeah, yeah, and then everything clicks into place. I'm glad the rest of the world caught up with Julie Cavanaugh's like. Yeah, voices Marge this year. Like yeah. that was they they did like a trailer for one of the new seasons, and it was like, oh, let her rest, let her rest, guys. Come on now, this can't be fun for anymore. Sounds like my Auntie June. What? <laughs> They're selling chocolate. She sounds more and more like the the burnt grandma from SpongeBob. She every really day. does. Um, I'm gonna guess because if it isn't here, it means you've left it out your top ten. Yeah, and there's no way that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is not number one. Right. Okay. Don't give me that look. I know for a fact it is, because <laughs> you're not that mental. <sighs> Go on. It's an Empire level sequel, isn't it? Of course it is. It's fucking. Of course like, it is. Like the, good God Almighty. The second we saw it, there was just no doubt nothing was going to top not it. Not even close. Empire. Like this is why I said that Guardians of the Galaxy is the best superhero movie of the year, right? Right. Because Across the Spider-Verse is so much more than that. I get where you were going now. Okay, it's, yes. So, it's not just a superhero movie. It's one of the best animated movies of all time. It is a wonderful multiverse movie. Yes. It's a fully realised romance movie. Yes. I, I love it as a as, as a reinvention of a superhero story, as a black story. I just think it's fucking phenomenal that yeah. something like this... And I, and, and I recognise that there has been some suffering to get us to this point. Yes. Like, get, pay the animators their rate, give them a fucking break. Yes. Like, but when shit like this comes out... Good God. It's undeniably excellent. It's it somehow rockets past what has become the seminal Spider-Man story, which is Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. It somehow has the fucking gall mm. to be ten times better. To be an Empire-level fucking sequel. It's yep. unreal. No, it's nothing this movie does... That it doesn't improve on from the first one. It is the only movie. Like, the, the last five movies I just talked about, I came out of feeling very satisfied. Yes. Pumped up, elated, yeah. broken, 
like yeah, yeah. emotionally affected. There's only one film this year where I've been gripping the side of my fucking seat yeah. and was genuinely distraught that it stopped. If they came out and went, right, just as happenstance, we have actually got a first cut of the second one. Do you want to watch it immediately? Three yeah. hours longer. It's like, not, it's not yes. finished. Some of it's pencil drawings on the back of a nap. Give it to me now. That'll Inject do. it into my veins. Do it immediately. It is... Yeah, it was it was over as a contest by the time the second this came out. Oh yeah, nothing could possibly come near this level. No. Don't get me wrong; I still feel there is every chance the third one cannot maintain this. Yeah, because it is always inches away from certain death mm. of like finally losing it, going too big, being too massive, being too hard to follow, mm. being just having too many big picture ideas about the multiverse stuff because mm. we've seen marvel in live action struggle mm. dc even more so to reign in a multiverse and make it enjoyable easy to follow but still narratively rich mm. it's fucking here yep. sony animation the emoji guys did this yes they did it and they did well yes yeah. so they've yeah. done it twice now and they oh. improved on every every mortal thing in the movie. What a year to be a Spider-Man fan. Okay, there's, there's only one question I have. Oh, uh. How bangable is this Maria Morales? <laughs> bangable? Right. But I wouldn't say as bangable as the one in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> what a lovely note to end podcast <laughs> is referring back to my slight note and that I've had sex with Maria Morales' mom in Spider-Man 2. And there we are. <laughs> The classy establishment we run here. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said, is no, there? No, no. Oh, it boy. was always going to be number one. I'm not surprised. Okay, that was. It was a good year. I'd say my worst of list is was relatively hard. Was harder to pick than the top one was. Oh sure. Like there was there was outside of the Flash. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As much of a lock, this the Flash being the worst was even more of a lock than Spider-Man being the best. Yes. <laughs> like I could imagine, maybe just maybe something could have come along. Some spectacular being to knock that off. Mm. Ain't nothing fucking touches Flash. <laughs> Nothing's that bad. Oh, good God. Two hours worth of watching people go through windscreens would be fucking yep. more enjoyable than watching the Flash. <laughs> right. Well, that was two and a half hours. Yep. On the dot. Oh, Beautiful. boy. Plug away, Michael. You can go and find me on Twitter, Instagram, and everything else at that, Michael. And you can go and find Darren on Twitter, Instagram, and everything else at the Goodridge. You can go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, threads, everything else. Under the username FowlenT, that's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed. Yes, I goddamn checked. We're definitely up there now. <laughs> uh... Under these names, Fowley and T, or Fowley and T podcast, depending on the service you are using. And of course, go to com for more stuff like this, including, Darren. It's the end of the year. It so, um, thank you very much for listening to this two and a half hour epic of films. Mm-hmm. Um, I did look last year, we also topped out two and a half hours yep. on the best of everything else, which oh, will cover fun. TV, music, YouTube, everything else, wrestling, wrestling. Um, everything else. Thankfully, we also have the best and worst of the video games one, which is never, ever as long. <laughs> I only played six video games this year. <laughs> it's a much shorter list. So please do go listen to all those. We will also have our 2024 draft, where we will learn who has lost the 2023 draft yes. and what their punishment will be <laughs> for losing. I am convinced beyond words that I have lost that one. I 
don't it's, think it's recoverable. You weren't screwed by Mark Ruffalo and the Nazis. It's all to play for. I don't know. I was screwed by Adam, Adam Driver and the Dinosaurs and Quantum Mania. So uh, yeah. who knows? It is all to play for. We shall see. And then we will draft our 2024 uh, rosters as well. Lots more end of year review stuff to come. So please do tune in for that. But thank you. You don't tune the internet. But thank you for tuning in to this episode of Popscorn, my favourite episode of the year. And we will see you in the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye! Bye!